0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on December the 13th, 2016. I'm your host, the editing machine extraordinaire, and with me as always, the chief chinky... Cheeky? The chief cheeky monkey himself. That's kind of hard to say. Uh, Caffeine Rage. And I'm not a Cheeky Monkey because I don't listen to the show early. I'm on the show. You're the Chief Cheeky Monkey, and I'll explain why in a minute. But first, on today's show, we will be reminding you about the VGL Awards coming next week. We'll be discussing the games that we played. Kyle and the Chief Cheeky Monkey had a a bit of a special behind-the-scenes segment that they recorded that we'll get to play. Oh my. How have we changed in a year of gaming podcasting? We'll have our weekly community quarter and our Steam Weekly Deals discussion. Rage Harry this week. Uh doing all right. You may want to turn down your microphone just a little bit. I was getting a little bit of distortion in that. Okay. I'll turn it down uh, just it's a, a teeny a, bit more. Yeah, just a little bit.
1: Uh but yeah, it's not been a bad week.
0: Yeah, Steam or not Steam, Skype uh retook control of my microphone, dear listeners. That is that is a problem with Skype. Some it likes to dictate your uh, the call volume, and it ties into Audacity, and it will turn your recording volume up and down. So I had to fix it, but I didn't have any notes on where my settings were after I started using the my nice mic. So I still had it turned up a little bit too high.
1: Yeah, and the thing is that Skype tries to keep it uh, right close to uh, where the volume is at max before you start getting distortion and yeah, it starts to cause trouble. I'm sure on Skype itself, it's not that bad because compression—you don't hear the distortion all that much. But uh, yeah, listening for it, you could tell a little bit. And it wasn't that bad for you on the intro, uh, so you know, don't really have to redo it. But it was enough that I was noticing it. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll fix it in post. Yeah, but right now we're doing it live. That's right, we're doing it live. <laughs> Anyways I asked you how you were and you said you were doing okay. Yeah. Do you wanna I kind of jump back in there on talking about my yeah, sure. stuff. Yeah, we could jump back in there. <laughs> Anything else going on for you this week? Uh no, not really. Wah, wah. What? I don't know. I'm in a weird mood tonight. I had yeah, a really. I had a not like a weird day at the clinic, but it's just like it's weird being there right now because the place is practically a ghost town. Because, you know, all the students have left and they've got, you know, the, the interns and the people doing, uh, like, experiments on campus and the undergrad students who come and then all the students who come to the clinic. They're all gone for Christmas. So it's just a ghost town. Yeah. There's me and a couple of other people who have still got, a, you know, a, a decent client load they are there, but it's really it's really dark and creepy. Like if I wasn't there all the time, <laughs> I would probably be creeped out.
1: Oh, but a, a good therapeutic uh, experience, huh? A dark, creepy <laughs> room with a naked guy. Weak. And you just oh. hope that you don't interrupt his train fever or Eve
0: Online or whatever the hell he's playing this week. Yep. And Speaking out, of which, that would be a good segue, but we do have to talk about uh, the VGL Awards again. All right. Uh, this is just a reminder to everybody. The VGL Awards are going to be next week. So from the time this podcast goes up, you'll have what? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days. Uh, we should, we'll should. we post some more tweets about it and stuff in the interim yeah, to I'll maximize just, your time. Uh, but Yeah, I just sent out the tweet uh, a little bit ago. But please, 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 please pretty pleased with sugar on top uh we would love for you guys to go to our our google uh forms page and submit your picks for the list so that we can actually have a community segment um we are as long as everything out works out we're pulling kyle and kim is both in for this so this will be a four-person podcast yeah the first one it's gonna be a nightmare for me um I've got an easy show to record or to edit this week, and I'll have a difficult one to edit next week. (laughs) So I guess it kind of balances out.
1: Yeah, and uh, the thing is, I wasn't intending to give uh, balance to the force,
0: but there you go. (laughs) Yep, there we go. So please go submit your your stuff. Remember, you can get or you will receive a free game from me. Yeah, I think that's I why we're out.
1: uh having a slight issue with it is that you curse us with uh, the free game. I don't know what it is about you giving away games, but nobody wants them.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you don't want a free game, just don't include your Steam ID or your email uh, address. well,
1: good luck with that because uh the Steam uh, or the Steam name is actually a mandatory on the form. That's the only mandatory thing on the form.
0: Well, you well, we can do that in,
1: in a Google login, but well, to be fair, you don't have to put your real one. No. You don't have because to it's just an entry It's just a You know It's just a text entry So you can uh, You know Put uh, uh, Anyone's name there Yeah And that would be uh, a, Kind of a funny joke Put someone's name there you... <laughs> And you know Jared tries to send a game And it's like Who the hell is this You could put Mike Pence there <laughs> uh, What are you going to be uh, Giving him uh, A copy of FIFA 17 I'm going to give him The worst game I can find or do or do you not see that on the uh, well on the potential docket uh, Russian MPs call for FIFA
0: 17 ban over gay propaganda? <laughs> no, I have seen that and I've heard that talked about this week. But no, I'm going to give Mike Pence the worst game imaginable. I don't know what that is. There's quite a few bad games, but
2: well, I, I would give him something that...
0: from Digital Suicide, but they're all all those games are gone now. Well, you could always uh, send him the meme of bad rats.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then again, you know, I think everybody owns Bad Rats at this point.
0: I don't own Bad Rats. Uh, hang on. <laughs> uh, Are you going to give me Bad Rats? No, I'm not going to
1: waste uh, the money on that. Oh, uh, okay. I, I would send you something uh, better than that.
0: Grant, that's a very low bar to pass, but still. You're going to be getting something better than that for Christmas. Hmm? I so you're going to get something better than that for Christmas. Oh, you mean the cookies?
1: Yeah, we're sending you cookies. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out shipping because I want to send something back. It's just uh, never really shipped anything, so. Uh, It's probably going to be past Christmas because, yeah, trying to figure that out uh, at Christmas time. That's fine. And also, yeah, kind of short notice. (laughs) Yeah. That's fine.
0: But look at it this way. It'll be completely random about then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something just shows up one day. I guess I should give you my address, but I won't do that right now because I don't want to give everyone my address yeah
1: because I imagine yours would be a street address as well yes it is well I will have the return address so.
0: yeah you can just get my address from there that
1: works so if I, I suddenly disappeared the cookies were poisoned and uh, called the uh, my local police <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, especially if Kyle starts showing up uh, all
0: of a sudden uh, to replace me Do they like to hang out at Frank's or not, Frank's? I'll bribe them. Got to shoehorn that joke in there every time we talk about where you're from or where you live. Uh, The
1: fact that there's a not Frank's.
0: (laughs) It's such a crappy name that it goes all the
1: way back to being good. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. Also, I forgot to to say what playlist I'm listening to this week. This week's podcast brought blah blah blah. This week's podcast brought to you by Songs to Raise Your Kid To, presented by Google Play. So far, it's actually a half-decent po- uh, playlist. There's It's about 50-50 on songs I know and songs I don't. Well, right now I'm listening to my Jazz
1: Holidays uh, playlist on Pandora. Well, aren't you fancy? Well, I usually uh, wait until after my birthday to start listening to Christmas music.
0: Right. I wait until katie turns on christmas music to listen to christmas music <laughs> well
1: if i start listening to it when everybody starts playing it i think i would just go bunkers because it's like two months of christmas music now yeah and uh, nothing against christmas music in general but you know listening to it that much is just maddening. <laughs> i can't yeah. imagine somebody working in retail this time of year It sucks. I I I used to work retail. I I mean, not just the uh, customers, but being forced to listen to the same Christmas music for two months. Yeah, it's terrible. uh, Typically in these playlists, there I would say maybe 30 songs total just by different artists.
0: Yeah. Well, at least where I worked, I worked at Lowe's, uh, and there was... Essentially like a Lowe's playlist That they had And it was maybe 50 or 60 songs You'd hear the whole playlist two or three times Every shift And they had like They had one playlist per season So you'd get about three months of one playlist Three months of another Three months and then three months And the Christmas one was always the worst
1: Yeah I'm sure that there's some sort of psychological
0: experiment We could uh, derive from this Don't work retail Unless you have to Oh, wait, that would be the that, That's the hypothesis. The hypothesis.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, th- this is something for you to work on, I guess. <laughs> you know what else we should work on? Talking about the games we played this week. Oh. Gotta bring it back. Gotta bring yeah. it back. Bring it back? Right. Yeah, back in black.
1: Well, uh, well, in politics now, orange is the new black.
0: <laughs> Oh, let's not do politics again. That was already <laughs> like 10 minutes before we even started the episode proper. uh, a,
1: uh episode content that will uh, maybe eventually play because we've been really good lately about getting content out. Yeah. Well, we've always been good about getting content out. It's just, you know, getting fresh content out. Yeah. Instead of getting the leftovers out and putting them out and reheating them. I like leftovers. Yeah, well, I do too, but it also really depends on what it is. I mean, a leftover mashed potatoes, not as good.
0: You've never had my mashed potatoes? They're just as good. Oh, my.
1: Are, now, are we still talking about a vegetable
0: here? Well, speaking of vegetables, we could talk about maize. <laughs> ah, you see what I did there?
1: Oh, uh, See what I did there? Yeah, but
0: unfortunately, that's not my first uh, thing on the list. <laughs> I know, but it was the the best pun slash segue. Yeah, but I'm so going to completely it.
1: ignore it. I'm going to pull uh te- pull a play out uh, of your playbook and talk about the new AMD drivers instead. You do that. Yeah, the new AMD ReLive or ReLive. It, I've heard people say it both ways actually. <laughs> but I've heard most uh, ReLive uh, uh drivers. Mostly uh, a new feature and I'm uh, essentially adding shadow play to AMD cards. It's been really interesting toying around with it for a couple of days
0: uh, over the weekend. Uh you haven't installed these yet, have you? No, I intended to, but you know like like I said in pregame, I've been working a lot getting ready for the in-laws to come over. Yeah. They're going to be here tomorrow. Well, on Wednesday for those of you listening. Yeah, so that would be 2 days ago. Indeed. They Unless came you're over a 2 days ago. Monkey. They, but, come over, they came over sometime in the past when you listen to this recording, <laughs> and that covers all future listeners.
1: Well, unless uh, they uh, are listening from an alternate dimension and the, your uh, relatives never go there, and uh, you go
0: to your relatives instead. An alternate dimension where the alternating Christmases are <laughs> alternated.
1: You know, it's like that one episode of Futurama where all the coin flips are... Uh, uh, reversed
0: never seen it yeah with the gold bender nope I've seen I think the first season of Futurama and I like it I just have never watched any farther
1: I didn't didn't really watch much of the uh, latest uh, uh, Comedy Central uh, Futurama seasons but
0: I love the old stuff on Fox I have a question do we just keep derailing to try and pad it out (laughs) I mean, we don't need to. We can move on. We're
1: not even trying to pad it out. That's the thing. It's just uh, random bullshit naturally. So, okay. AMD uh, Relive Drivers. Uh, The main thing about this uh, is uh, adding the shadow play, which I did test a little bit. And I'm actually really impressed with them. For the most part, I do have a couple of issues. One, a wishlist feature. And one, that... Is actually going to prevent me from using these until they fix it. Okay. Okay. My wish list feature is uh, multiple uh, recording tracks on the audio. Pretty much a requirement for a YouTuber, or, or well, well, for a YouTuber, a Twitch. It doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, it being able to go in and uh, manually change uh, volume on a uh, voice track uh, as opposed to the game track. But just yeah. a, a huge uh, game changer there. What is preventing me from using this full time as a, well, I'm still going to probably use it as uh, my last resort uh, recording solution if need be. But what's really preventing me is, okay, when you start the recording, uh, you you know, all the uh, software solutions, well, most of them, OBS actually doesn't have uh, some sort of overlay that it puts on the uh, game and lets you know you're recording and, you know, uh, depending on the thing, uh, what the frame rate is and that sort of thing. Pretty standard stuff. Yep. Okay, AMD has a timer in the corner that starts counting, which uh, it's kind of nice because you could uh, see at a glance how long you've been recording or streaming or whatever because this also has a streaming solution built into it. The thing that drives me absolutely bonkers, it records that timer.
0: Ooh, that sucks.
1: Now, thankfully, it's just a little timer in the corner, but it, it's almost like... Watching somebody do a video with an unregistered bandy cam and you see that watermark on it. Yeah. It drives me absolutely bonkers. I'm usually not OCD about these things. I mean, you're usually the OCD one and I do little things to annoy you from uh, from time to time. Yeah. But that annoys me. Yeah. Just that timer, especially since usually when I record, I let the recording run uh, five to 10 seconds. Uh, before I start talking anyway Just to get a nice uh, Background noise level To be able to edit out later Yeah, And since I would be running a uh, Usually uh, Audacity in the background To do a audio recording Which, oh, you cannot turn off uh, The microphone recording either But I could just set it to my Headset and I could disable that So
0: yeah, that's not really a problem But it's, you know, uh, uh, an annoyance Yeah Shadowplay had those exact same problems too, except yeah. instead of a timer, it had like a little recording dot in the corner and it would record the dot.
1: Oh. I mean, I think the timer is actually worse because the timer wouldn't be correct. And yeah. if you do any editing, that makes it even more incorrect. Yeah. But that said, performance wise, it actually does really well. Just right out of the box, I didn't change any of the settings just to see how it did. And I picked a uh, you know, a game with a lot of motion. I uh, started recording some Dirt Three. Uh, you know uh, all the uh, dirt clouds on it, and you know fast motion of the car. You know it seemed like a good idea to test out the bitrate and how it handled. Uh, didn't have any uh, frame rate hiccups, which I wish I could say for the next two games I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Um, and uh, it looked absolutely perfect at 1080p recording, which I usually record 720p mostly just to save uh, file size because yeah, uh, 1080p recording or raw recording takes an absolute ton of drive space. Yeah. Uh, and uh, usually whenever you want uh, you record, you want to try to do as raw of a re- recording as possible because well for one it's a better uh, image quality usually Uh, less compression but also the fact that you're not using extra computing power to do the real time render and uh, offload it so uh, uh, the uh, Relive uh, recorder looked really good it had a small recording size as well Uh, comparable I would say to my DX uh, Tori recording or actually not even that, it's uh, even smaller than that, if I recall correctly, at a 720p. Granted, I didn't do a full half-hour recording session just to compare the two. Uh, And I probably should have, but you know, it's uh, small enough that it
0: wouldn't make that big an impact. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a shot, but it probably will not take over XSplit for me.
1: Yeah, for me, it's going to be my uh, tertiary recording solution. It's gonna be uh, first there's DX Dxtory If that doesn't work, OBS If OBS doesn't work uh, Then it is uh, real life And if that doesn't work, I'm just going to shoot it with my cell phone
0: <laughs> That would be preferable <laughs> to using the Windows Game Recorder and Windows 10
1: I don't think I even have that installed Or if I do, do I have it disabled uh, Is that the Xbox app?
0: No, it's a, it's a separate thing It's built in, but you can turn it off in the settings um, I don't know if you can uninstall it, but you definitely can turn it off. So you've probably turned it off.
1: Yeah, I turned off a bunch of stuff and the thing is first thing I did when I installed Windows ten was I installed Spybot Beacon and had it uh just rip a lot of this stuff out of it, uh on the uh spyware side. Well I guess technically not spyware because you are agreeing to let them uh you know see what uh you're doing, but you know, it's spyware. Yeah, you know, they're snooping. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the relive driver. I am impressed with it. I'm just, I hope that they continue to develop it. Uh, does uh, Shadowplay still have that issue with the uh, the Dot?
0: It did the last time I used it, but it's been some time ago now. Basically, Shadowplay would break. They would break Shadowplay on a regular basis. Yeah, that's the only keep hearing is that.
1: Was to revert drivers?
0: To it, yeah, either revert your drivers, or sometimes you'd have to just uninstall uh, the NVIDIA GeForce experience which is what range shadow play along with doing like all of your automatic driver updates and stuff. You have to uninstall it and reinstall it. Uh,
1: hopefully the AMD version of it's going to be more stable because it would be nice to have that uh, tertiary uh, stable recording solution, even though it would drive me nuts. Yeah. You know, at that point, I think I would just uh, put something over that recording <laughs> uh, timer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, that would be hilarious. You know, uh, like a thumb or something, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you could. Uh, what's it called? Letterbox it, is that right? Where they cut out the part of the frame to hide stuff.
1: Uh, technically, yeah, I could always. Well, uh, ReLive records natively in 1080p, so I could just shrink it down so it's just over 720p, and yeah, do a little trim off the top and the bottom yeah but that requires a lot of effort i could just go, I could just drop in an image of a thumb over it <laughs> instead much less work that's definitely the way to go <laughs> or just come up with something funny or at uh, at the very laziest just drop in um uh, uh icon diskette which actually <laughs> would work and uh, you, you know a watermark over the watermark yeah watermarks all the way down. But I do hope that they remove that or make it, if they don't remove it, at least make it a toggle. So, you know, I could choose if I want that timer there or not. Because I imagine for streamers, it's really nice to be able to show how long you've been streaming. And they may incorporate that into their overlay if they're using the Relive driver as their primary uh, streaming software. Which, not sure why you would unless you're doing very specific testing or trying to show benchmarking or something like that.
0: I will say that streaming with Shadowplay worked way better than recording did. Um, I don't know why, but I used to do streams pretty regularly with um, Shadowplay. But once I got uh, XSplit, I quit doing that.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is with uh, things like XSplit or OBS, you have other things that you could do with it. You could uh, switch scenes and then uh, switch your game without the stream going away. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, if you're playing multiple games over the night or, you know, want to have, uh, effects where, you know, your face cam comes up to full screen or something, uh, yeah, that's with the way to go because, uh, Relive does have the ability to support, uh, uh, face cams and that sort of thing, but I, well, for one, I don't have a webcam, so I can't test that, but it looks like it's a very limited feature. Yeah. Th- th- this looks like the first iteration, though, of something that's going to, grow into uh, something that would be a useful tool. It's just not quite there yet for my purposes, but for someone that uh, wants a quick and dirty recorder and you have AMD uh, video cards already, well, you have a a pretty good uh, recording solution right there. Yeah. Okay, Uh, so what's the first actual game that you played? Okay, the first uh, game, the actual game I played was Amaze.
0: The Sentient Corn Simulator. Well, not exactly simulator, but. I'm not
1: sure if I would call it sentient either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. This is an adventure game. It's probably the closest I've felt to playing Portal theme wise because it is that Mad Science feel. Uh, where essentially these two guys, uh, are, uh, run a lab and they get a m- very vague memo from the U.S. government saying, do something with corn. And they decide to make corn sentient. <laughs> and it's uh, essentially a first person point and click adventure. Uh, because you have all the weird combinations that you usually have with, uh, point and click games to begin with. You know, uh, Use uh, use bottle of uh, oil on on kitchen sink use a gloved hand on the uh sink full of oil to get a a, a gloved hand you know that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh but I really want to like this more than I do. And where it really pisses me off is on the technical side of things. Well that in a little bit of writing but I'll get to that. The technical side of things is that the frame rate is fucking unstable. I was uh sitting there watching my frame rate on a static uh scene. Yeah, me just standing there, not even moving the mouse, very uh, upwards of fifteen to twenty frames uh, per second. So many frames uh, going from <laughs> uh, uh, just over sixty, dropping down to under forty. That's pretty rough. And I'm not sure if it's just my setup because I do realize that my processor isn't as strong as it needs to be these days. Uh But yeah, it, this is an Unreal 4 engine game. So yeah, you know, it's not that processor intensive, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And it was running my RX 480 at full blast. So it was definitely the graphics card. It's just one of those things that I'm not sure if it's just unoptimized, if, if it just doesn't like my setup, which is very possible because I didn't really see a lot of people complaining about it, or if I was sensitive to it because it was actually starting to give me some simulation sickness. The combination of the highly unstable frame rate, the fact that you have a very exaggerated head bob when you move. A god-awful motion blur. Uh, well, I didn't notice the motion blur that much, but it's also a very slow-paced game. yeah but what what really got it for me is a very narrow field of view. I'm yeah. I'm estimating somewhere in the uh, ballpark of 70 to 75. Yeah, it's too low. Yeah, so I was st- uh by the time my recording ended, which uh, did exab- uh, exaggerate things because I was talking the entire time. I was starting to develop that, you know, that headache r- right between the eyes, you know, that migraine. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling sick just yet, but I wasn't exactly enjoying myself.
0: Right. Some of the videos that I've seen have highlighted the, the motion blur in combination with the really small field of view uh, causing a lot of motion sickness.
1: Well, I wasn't really looking for motion blur, so I could have just been missing it.
0: Well, the thing is that it was really going to be hard
1: to tell because another technical aspect that I was having trouble with. Was that there was a very apparent cutoff point of the of the uh, 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 detail limit? So you so you'll uh, be walking and you see uh, you know uh, textures uh, go from uh, low, te- uh, low res to high res. You'll see lights turn on on and off where the uh, level of detail was uh, had them off on their low uh, setting and then on in their high setting. Yeah. And it would change the lighting in the level. Uh, all the items that you have to pick up have this white outline. And if you're too far away from them, you can't see that outline. You have to be within, I would say, oh, about 10 feet. And the thing is that there's very few rooms that have a, a size smaller than 10 feet. So you would see the uh, outlines just pop into existence. Yeah and on the outdoor scenes uh when you're walking through the cornfields uh, you could see the uh corn uh just uh change uh, ever so slightly in the uh depth of field and it's, or uh, the level of detail i should say and it was really distracting so much so that i wasn't really looking for motion blur because that was distracting me so much right so yeah technically uh i'm just having so many problems with the game <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm trying to think if there's anything else that really I uh, caught on the technical side of things very limited uh options uh you you could do custom options but it was kind of hidden past. you had to go all the way through ultra to get to the custom there was no drop down it was just you know uh low medium high ultra and then you know click past that and you'll get to custom yeah, and, and it didn't really sh- uh, tell you what you were adjusting all that much. You know, it was telling you, "Okay, you're uh, adjusting post effects. Well, what's the post effect exactly?" It, it's uh, felt like a very stripped down Unreal Four game. Which, uh, after playing the Vanishing of Ethan Carter, uh, you can make a very beautiful Unreal uh, Four game that runs beautifully. And I'm just not sure if, it, like I said, if it's my hardware, if it's just the game is not uh, that optimized and. There's not a lot of people playing it that's really noticing these things. Or if, well, this was also after I updated to the uh, Relive
0: drivers. So maybe uh, something in that broke. I don't know. Maybe. AMD definitely has more issues with driver updates than NVIDIA does in my I would disagree experience. with that uh, lately.
1: Uh, NVIDIA seems to have a lot more issues with their driver updates and having to do hot fixes to fix you know their drivers breaking things. I yeah. didn't do a revert to you know test to see if this you know if it was the re- uh drivers because honestly, I couldn't be bothered with the <laughs> maze. So let's go ahead and talk about writing because that's the big thing for an adventure game. Okay. Uh, the only real speaking parts are the sentient corn, which uh, I will say are probably the well the second to the cl- closest highlight. There is uh, one thing that i enjoy more than that, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, and they're all kind of dumb. You know, they, they talk about going to have a nap <laughs> constantly. And uh, make, uh, you know, uh, puns and that sort of thing.
0: And Naps there's are some, very valid conversation points, I'll have you know.
1: Uh, well, uh, that was pretty much their uh, entire characterization of being dumb and, you know, uh, standing in the corner and talking about how dark it is. Uh, and not realizing that they could just turn around. Right. And then okay. there's Vladdy, which you'll uh, see him in the screenshots of the game. He's a Russian uh, knockoff of a teddy bear who you build in the second chapter and who follows you around and helps you out with the puzzles. And his big thing is calling literally everything stupid or you an idiot. And if you want to die of alcohol poisoning, take a drink every time uh, Vladdy says the word stupid. <laughs> Okay. It got very, very tiresome very quickly. It's like you take all the humor out of the Russian guy from uh, Armageddon. And that's about Vladdy. I
0: might I might actually really like that. I love the idea of this game, but I'm not gonna I like the idea of it.
1: I like the idea of it. The technical aspect just kept me from really liking it. Yeah. And it it is essentially a first-person point-and-click adventure. So you have that point-and-click adventure uh, mindset going into it. Which, you know, the game did a good job, unlike last week, of setting me up to what to expect. So, you know, I was expecting to go into essentially first-person point-and-click, and that's what I got. It's just the technical aspects just caused me all sorts of problems. And the reason why this made me feel a lot like uh, Portal in After Science was the post-it notes everywhere. Instead of the voiceovers, you know, having Gladys and, uh, you know, other characters, I don't want to spoil that for you, because you still haven't played the single player at Portal 2, I'm assuming. Nope. Uh, You'll see post-it notes all over the place of the two co-founders, Bob and Ted. (laughs) Okay. And Bob is an egomaniac. He has statues of himself everywhere. He has pictures of himself everywhere. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you know, every time that there's a uh, mention of both co-founders, he always makes sure that he plays up his part. Uh, uh, In the first time that you go into the actual facility in Chapter Two, about I would say thirty to forty minutes in the game. Uh, which the, the beginning of the game is very slow. It has a very slow pace. It, uh, does a lot better once you get into the actual facility, but it takes a while. You'll see, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Bob and Ted. Uh, Bob's, uh, well, if it's not, then, you know, uh, I know one is Ted, though, so. Uh, Bob's portrait, and he has all his titles, you know, his, uh, MDs, his Esquires, and everything. And then you see Ted's portrait, and it's just, yeah, you know, Ted's name. And then scratched under it as his actual titles. Where I'm assuming Ted actually had to go in and do it. <laughs> and let's see, there's uh, the, you know, the famous picture of Napoleon riding a horse. You uh, know, you know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, the, that famous portrait. Mm-hmm. Okay, only instead of Napoleon, it's Bob's face, <laughs> and they put Ted as the horse. <laughs> nice. And the and all the post-it notes talk about. Well, Bob wants to essentially make this top secret government facility into a tourist trap. Yeah, you know, make it a resort, make it a theme park, yeah, you know, make it a hotel. And you see brochures, you know, welcome to Redacted, and you know, just the a black censor like, uh, bar. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Ted's post it notes are always calling uh, Bob some sort of version of idiot or uh, buffoon. Which on this act uh, could uh, appreciate. For one, they use different synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> it's not stupid, you know, literally every 10 seconds uh, whenever he's, uh, uh, you yeah, reading the post it notes. And he's pointing out, you know, how foolish it is to think that you could build a hotel out of a top secret com- facility <laughs> <laughs> while it's still operating. And, uh, Let's see. Bob loves to also build various lobbies, so you'll uh, you'll <laughs> uh, go down a couple levels and you'll see the same lobby again. <laughs> Which I realize is uh, again yeah, reusing assets, but at the same time, it makes sense uh, in a gameplay or, or story perspective, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, and you'll see a post-it note from Ted. Another lobby. How much are these things costing us? <laughs> so story-wise, I really uh, like that aspect of it. And that's why it felt very Aperture Science to me. You know, that crazy, uh, 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 CEO that, you know, wants to do his own thing, but really can't. <laughs> and the bickering back and forth between the two, it was just great. Uh, and you know, whenever you get to their offices, you know, Bob's is just a complete mess. And, uh, Ted's is this, uh, Ted is this real neat freak. Uh, and he actually blocked off, uh, Bob's access to their, uh, uh, shared toilet because he was such a mess. So he actually stole uh, uh, Ted's key and copied it. And you just see this uh, path of trash going around through Ted's office. And, in. <laughs> and it's like, how did you get a copy of my key anyway? So just this constant bickering back and forth, and you never hear them, or at least the four or five hours I played this game. Uh, audio-wise, it's all, you know, just interacting with them uh, through uh, just post-it notes and finding brochures and uh, various things that you can pick up to get more lore wise so like i said i really want to like this game a lot more but it's all the technical aspects that are just holding me back from really uh re- recommending it right uh, if you know maybe you should try it out and see if uh, the mo- uh, motion blur and all the Darrow field of view and everything triggers some sort of uh, simulation sickness with you. But I would say that probably on sale because yeah, it's. I, I was actually probably getting close to the end <laughs> uh, on my review. It's only uh, a five or so, five to six hour game. With uh, some people are saying that it t- takes a little bit longer depending on how lucky you are because there's a couple things like. Well, actually, in the, my video, I uh, highlighted one problem with the... You okay over there?
0: Yeah, I just was adjusting my chair. It's broken, remember? Ah, right. You're a fat ass. Yeah, my fat ass broke it.
1: Uh, there was, uh, in the video, I uh, highlighted, uh, on accident completely, uh, that one item that you needed to, uh, to continue on, which you have to get all the items and continue uh, to... Well, outside of the lore items, but the thing is that the lore items and the progression items have the same outline so you could be picking up something thinking that it's going to you know help you solve this puzzle and yo know, it's just you know, a brochure talking about you know welcome to redacted right so uh, that could be a little frustrating but uh, this piece of tape that you need to uh, get a fingerprint to uh, unlock uh, this thing it was a white outline on a whiteboard and the tape was cellophane yes you know, so you couldn't see the tape Right. So, and nice. o- only way to really spot it was that the fact that the white outline went over the uh, edge of the whiteboard just ever so slightly, or if you moused over and you saw the uh, word "take," <laughs> and I just completely by random chance found it. Well, that's definitely point and click for you. Yeah, yeah. But up until that point, it hadn't really had the uh, the pixel hunting aspect. There was only I would say one thing that would have been even close to it, but. Uh, uh, hint wise, uh, with the uh, items and the logic of it, you know, it made sense. You had a broom, and in one of the silos, there was this pile of uh, grains. So, you know, it makes sense to use broom on grains to find something under the grain. Babe. Cool. So, uh, I think that's maze for you. It's like I said, Oh, and it is a very pretty game. For the most part, there are some really gnarly textures on some of the random items around. But I have no idea what was causing the frame rate issues. And the fact that it was so unstable makes me think it's the game and not my system. Because usually whenever, you know, it's a a system bottleneck, it's a fairly consistent uh, low frame rate. Right? Yeah, Usually, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that it was
0: such a wide variance, 15 to 20 frames per second on a completely static image. I would guess poor optimization. Either that or it just really didn't like your system for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it, there's really nothing was, you can do about either of those yeah. issues.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was still mostly playable enough for the video, but you know, was not. I was in, I was not enjoying it technical on the technical aspect. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of uh, games I did not like on a technical aspect, let's go on to the other game. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Assassin's takeaway, by Creed by the way. Three. Uh, thank you for ruining it. Always. Oh. This game okay I have not played an Assassin's Creed game since Assassin's Creed okay and there's no follow up to that there's no numbers there's no subtitles the last Assassin's Creed game I played was the very first one and I went into this wondering how long it would take me to get bored or yeah you know, completely lose interest um, It was about the end of the opening spiel, where they just kept going on and on about the story, and never really explaining what the
0: hell was going on. Are you talking about the very beginning, where you're Desmond, and you're going down yeah. into that cave? Okay. Well,
1: well, it wasn't even the cave, it was the opening cutscene, and they were talking about uh, the Templars and whoever else, and it was just, okay, I have no idea who the fuck these guys are, I barely know who they are, uh, just, yeah- by osmosis of, you know, uh, reading about video games, but you're not explaining anything. So, someone coming into Assassin's Creed 3 that doesn't know the story, which yeah, uh, you know, turns out that, yeah, you know, doesn't really fucking matter, because didn't Ubisoft announce that they were cutting the uh, the uh, Animus uh, storyline out of the next Assassin's Creed anyway? Uh, or was there wasn't going to be a conclusion to it now? I, I-, I remember reading something about that.
0: I don't remember that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Nobody really likes the the non like except for an Assassin's Creed Four where they or, yeah Black Flag where they used it as like a joke. Nobody really likes the animus stuff.
1: Yeah, and oh, uh, they uh, laid it on rather thick on the opening cutscene. Just yo, know, uh, just going on and on and on. It, it was sort of like you with the uh, Divinity Ritual scene where yeah we hit the really talky pick. Yeah it's only thing it, only difference was that I had no idea what the fuck was going on and honestly really couldn't care <laughs> that's Maybe. the thing okay so finally get into <laughs> the uh, uh, actual gameplay cutscene and I start to notice hey, my frame rate's a little low not a good sign now mind you I'm running a uh, FX 8350 with a uh RX uh, 480. I realized processor needs to be upgraded, but yeah, not a lot I could do without going to water cooling because the next uh, step up on the FX chips pretty much requires water cooling because they turn to space heaters. Okay. So pretty much all I could do uh, outside of just swapping out motherboards. Uh, so I was getting yeah uh, you know, 50-ish uh, FPS. Yeah, not pl- not bad, but uh, a little bit of fluctuation. Then I get to Boston. Oh, Boston. I was getting 20 to 30 FPS in Boston. Uh, this, That's rough. Uh, yeah. And the thing is that I did some searching online. It's just the game is terrible with AMD hardware. And there are some fixes, but the thing is that I was not enjoying the game up until this point already. Uh, the uh, ship crossing was a to be a very
0: boring sequence. <laughs> I could definitely understand that, but I had a lot of fun playing like weird games with sailors. Yeah, well,
1: and then uh, did you play any of the board games?
0: <laughs> yes, yes I did.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was a very boring sequence, and I started noticing all the little glitches, which I guess story-wise you could kind of paint away you saying well the Ar- animus it's a glitchy piece of shit <laughs> you know uh the opening sequence in boston uh, they you have a thief that grabs a tomato or apple or something uh uh, uh from a uh, basket and runs away well at one point he drops it and it just floats in the air okay i, I saw people uh bumping into uh uh w- invisible walls uh uh, cloths on uh, uh, a cloth on uh, some uh, people, their clothes uh, was uh, uh, su- uh, suddenly goes rigid for a moment, and then just kind of wigs out uh, as a like a havoc uh, bomb almost. You know, just the physics just doesn't work right. Yeah, uh, shadows were a little flickery, which uh, typically indicates you know, a problem with the a- uh, inter- uh, interfacing with the AMD hardware because that's usually the sign that yeah you know, this game wasn't really meant with AMD in mind <laughs> yeah, whenever you see uh, just the shadows just kind of uh, flickering yeah uh, and uh, then the atrocious frame rate uh, that there was some fixes online but a lot of them were talking about getting just uh, past 30 uh, in Boston, which is still you know, on the borderline of playable especially for an action game like this yeah. And the thing is that once you left Boston and went to somewhere else the opera house was alright. It was a little low for my taste but it was playable. Uh, the uh, ship was perfectly fine. Uh, I suffered through Boston for a little bit to get to the first uh, main mission there which they I guess they assume that you're coming from the earlier Assassin's Creed uh, games because they don't really go into what the hell is going on.
0: I played I've played it the Assassin's Creed 1 and then 2 the the series that, that was Assassin's Creed 2 cuz there were there were 3 of those. Yeah. The Ezio trilogy. I've played 3 and I've played Black Flag and it doesn't help in 3. They go off the rails for a while. A lot of stuff didn't make sense to me.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm staying corrected there. But yeah, it's just I had no idea what the hell was going on. And I was having technical issues on top of things. And it was just... I couldn't be... Uh, it was going to take me longer to try to fix them. To make the game even semi-playable. Than I was willing to even put into it. Because I wasn't enjoying myself.
0: But the thing is that it was a free game. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question. And this is not about Assassin's Creed 3. So if you have... you Oh, know, uh, so it's... Probably going to be uh, my system uh, suddenly having issues with two games in one, one week. I w- I just I want to ask you a question about your processor. Yeah. So I'm sitting here looking at this. It's an eight core, four gigahertz processor.
2: Hmm.
0: I mean, I know it's on running AMD's. Is yeah. it running bulldozer or what's the other one? Pile driver. I'm pretty sure it's a bulldozer driver. Or- okay. So I know bulldozer is has got some inefficiencies. But I mean, still eight cores, four gigahertz. How does your processor struggle, man? Uh, your processor should, at least on paper, be well.
1: The thing is, roughly that,
0: twice as powerful as mine. Because I've got well, an i five.
1: It's just the way the uh,
0: uh, the uh, that how
1: they do things because it it's uh, weaker on a single core, but it's stronger whenever it's multi core.
0: Right. I guess that makes sense because most games, even nowadays, don't properly use four cores. So.
1: Yeah, see, AMD was really banking on uh, more multi-threaded games,
0: and that is just now starting to catch on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I'll be that makes sense. so
1: I'd be so I'd be able to play things like Kerbal a lot uh, better than you because I would be able to throw more cores at it, even though right. it's technically a, a quad core with uh, eight logical cores.
0: Right. Well. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, because the i-series has got really strong single-core performance, which is what matters the most in games from, well, now, all the way back. But the thing
1: is that it shouldn't be struggling this much on on a game like Assassin's Creed. It's just inefficiencies and not building for it, and it's more the uh, graphics card in this case. I I think. Right. Because it was just... uh, Them talking
0: about AMD graphics cards having trouble with how they built Assassin's Creed, not processors. Okay. Yeah, because AMD and NVIDIA use drastically different architectures for their graphics cards as well. Yeah. Which is why AMD, once uh, DirectX 12 came out, and Vulkan, which really utilizes uh, more, uh, more, what is it, multi-asynchronous compute? Uh, yeah, so. better uses, utilizes asynchronous compute, which the AMD architecture better supports. That's why AMD cards right now are are killing NVIDIA cards in DirectX 12 games. Yeah, just wait till the RX 490 comes out. Whew. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I can wait
1: because I yeah. can't afford one, but... Uh, well, the 480s are already uh, kicking ass.
0: Yeah, the 480 uh, the, is, is still the, the best. And the, oh, the sorry,
1: Driver actually... Uh, Gave another, oh, I want to say, uh, 8 or 9% performance on games like Shadow of Mordor. Picked up a lot of frames per second. Dang. Yeah, I need to
0: get those drivers in.
1: Uh, 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 continue talking. I'm going to look this up.
0: Okay. I don't know what I can continue to talk about because I kind of made my point. But I guess I can just vamp. Uh, you know, you, leave you it Are you going
1: uh, completely off topic? Nah. <laughs>
0: Let's see. uh, I'm
1: trying to find the exact uh, frame rate here because, yeah, it's it was rather impressive. Uh, I haven't done actual testing. I have uh, Shadow Mordor installed, which may be my next game once uh, I'm done with Space Marine. I'm kind of torn between that, another game, or maybe just uh, uh, doing something completely uh, different as well. Because who knows, right?
0: Yeah, Shadow Mordor is great. I played it on Xbox One, but, I mean, still, they they did a good job optimizing that for a console, so it was very playable. Yeah, but I'm not sure if the, I'm going
1: to play it with a gamepad or uh, yeah, with a mouse and keyboard. I'm a little uh, torn on that, mostly because uh, it will have uh, archery segments, and I typically like to do ranged combat with mouse and keyboard. Yeah.
0: Let's see. I'm still trying to find this. Well, while you look the uh i i was going to say the rx 480 cuz we we were talking about the different kind of power levels of graphics mm-hmm. cards the rx 480 is still the best performance per dollar i've actually card heard on people the market say that right the, right uh, the, the 470 is uh, beats it barely well it depends if you can maybe it's been long enough where you could actually buy a 470 at the correct market value mm-hmm. but uh they still had inflated prices and were only like 10 or $20 cheaper than the 480s. And the 480 had markedly higher performance values. But, I mean, if prices have finally settled, settled into the actual yeah, the, retail price... Yeah, there's price, been
1: actually uh, really good uh, deals on the 480 uh, in the last few weeks.
0: I suppose it really depends on what type of gaming you want to do. If you really just want to focus on 1080p gaming... Then probably the 470 is good enough. But if you want to do 1440p, uh, l- kind of lower quality VR or future proofing, I'd say go for the 480. Yeah.
1: Let's see. Um, uh, they are claiming a 7% uh, performance increase in Shadow and Mordor, 7% in Batman Arkham Knight, 4% in uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, 6% in Overwatch. an 8% increase in Ashes of the Singularity. And those are just games that they pulled out. And the thing is that I was getting a a 90
0: FPS on
1: Ultra settings in Shadow of Mordor.
0: Yeah. Shadow of Mordor was really well optimized though. Yeah, They did a good job on that PC port.
1: Yeah, so I'm probably looking at I would say 5 or
0: 6 FPS increase. Yeah. Which is always nice to have. More well, FPS of course, is
1: better. Uh well, uh doing the benchmark going through town, uh I'm still above 60, but once I'm outside of the town on the benchmark, I jump immediately to 90 to 100. So it's yeah. uh, but still yeah, you know, even uh, 60 FPS uh in the very very dense uh area of the benchmark, which they make it so that that is like a nightmare scenario. <laughs> I mean, that tells you, yeah, my computer isn't a slouch. It's just, I'm running into really unoptimized games right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, before your, the main problem you had was you had a really, I mean, not a crappy, almost a crappy, but that's not true. It just was old. Yeah, the, an the, old the, graphics card. Yeah,
1: the 7800 series actually is still fairly decent if you uh, start cranking it up uh, and doing overclocking uh, with it, which I wasn't as much as I could have. But. Yeah. Uh, you know, I pretty much doubled my uh, graphics card without uh, doubling my processor. So I'm bumping into processor problems now more often than anything else. Or just, you know, I know that it's not my computer now and I'm running into unoptimized games. Because yeah. that's the other problem, it's just running into uh, you know, problems with maze. And before, I would just write it off as, okay, it's just my graphics card. Now I know better because my uh, graphics card is in. I would say the top 15 that you could get right now, uh, power-wise.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I like that's, that's a fair assessment. Might even be top
0: 10. Uh, it really I mean, depends
1: on how you stack things up, because it's uh, the top of the line for AMD right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, until
1: it is the, the top until of AMD. The, until the 490 comes out early next year.
0: Yeah. So it's <laughs> not a power issue there. By the way, everybody, welcome to the PC hardware portion of the podcast. <laughs> right in the middle of our games discussion. Uh, well, look at it this way. They can always skip immediately to your games. I suppose. I like to talk, talk shop. I've got plenty <laughs> of people in my life who can talk to me about video games, but very few people who can talk to me about hardware. Oh, there's my kit. So, well, there wasn't
1: a spring. Uh,
0: well, I, I actually hit the mic instead of the spring. Do you want a spring? I can flick the spring if you want. Oh, my. There you go. <laughs> El Kabong. Yeah,
1: I mean, I will say that I don't uh, know my stuff as well as I should if I wanted to do uh, like a hardware section of the podcast. But I know enough. Yeah, and I built my computer and you know, upgraded it, so I know enough to be able to take it apart and put it
0: back together. Yeah, I built. Did I? I don't know if I told you this. Oh, no, I did built my. I built my father-in-law's uh, Christmas present, which was a new PC. Um, it was originally, well, I mean, it is still intended to be a media center PC. But mm-hmm. I was talking to him the other day about what kind of computers he has in his house. Because, I mean, he's an IT guy. So he, like, builds all kinds of computers and runs, like, a little server farm and stuff. And he was he's was walking me through. And I realized that this PC I'm building him is now like, going to be the most powerful PC in his house. Because he hasn't upgraded? Because he hasn't upgraded in forever.
1: Well, you know, if he's... you're uh, really if
0: you're not a gamer, you don't really need to upgrade your computers all that often. No, that's true. I mean, every you know, every time he needs new storage, he'll just grab some hard drives that you know that that they're not using uh, at his job, and he'll bring them home and pop open one of his PCs and jerry rig it together, and then there yep. you go. There's more space on his home server. So, yeah, hard
1: drive uh, standards haven't really changed uh, all that much. It's just storage. Yeah.
0: Uh, they haven't changed in, oh, I would say, a decade, really. Yeah. He's getting that PC bug it, or that PC gaming itch, though. Like, he used to play PC games a lot, but, you know, kids and, and mm-hmm. life and work and stuff got in the way, and it was not really, like, it wasn't as big to him as it is to, like, us. Yeah. Uh, but he's getting back into it now that all the kids are gone from the house. So he might actually use this as a gaming PC. Ah, I don't know. We'll see. It's the hard drive's kind of rough in it. I went uh, for storage capacity and uh, low speed because it was just supposed to be a media PC. Yeah. So it's only got a 5400 rpm hard drive yeah. in it. Yeah, which well, is well, rough well, for, for gaming.
1: Yeah, for uh, video that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my upgrades right now. I'm looking at second monitor probably January to February. And then it's going to be upgrading my data drive. That's the next thing. Uh, My data drive is absolutely ancient and it needs to be upgraded, but uh, it's going to be Marder first because Marder gives
0: me some more options and also makes editing a lot easier. Yeah. Over my Christmas while the the clinics closed, I'm going to finally pull that SSD out of that uh, PC I've got and put it in mine and reinstall Windows. I need to buy a hard drive though for the other PC because I intend on turning it into a server machine. Yeah, you've uh, seen how fast a uh, reboot. Yeah, I mean I've used SSDs before, but I didn't put one in this machine because when I built it, they were hadn't quite hit that tipping point where you get a decent sized one, yeah, uh, at a reasonable price. Uh, you know, you could buy like a 120 gigabyte one or whatever, not too bad. But I want at least double that. You know, two fifty six. I'd like five twelve. Uh, yeah,
1: see, my uh, SSD is still fairly tiny. It's a uh, hundred and
0: ten gig. Uh, well, uh, after formatting everything, yeah, which
1: is enough for Windows and a couple games.
0: Yeah, well, the one that I've got in, in that PC in there that I'm going to take is 256 gigabytes. So, I mean, I, I didn't have to buy it either, so that's nice. Yeah,
1: my overall plan uh, is second to monitor, update my data drive, and then I'm probably looking at... Uh, well, I'm going to watch the price of SSDs and if an, uh, they come down again. Uh, Or or come down further, I'm probably looking at getting a large SSD for uh, a few games. Uh, Yeah. uh, And that's going to be like my last drive I could get without uh, uh, getting an expansion card because I'll be using all my uh, channels on my motherboard. Unless I just uh, rip out the uh, CD drive, which is always a possibility, but I do like having the option of backing up. Yeah. Or the other option is I've toyed around the idea of building a render machine and using my last channel for a hot swappable hard drive.
0: Ooh, fancy! Which actually, that bay is not that expensive. Having a render machine is nice. I mean, even though this the my machine that my second machine that I use for a render machine is not very powerful, it doesn't matter. It's like you know, I do all of my editing on my main rig, and then I just uh, I've got. And uh, 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 well, I've got several network drives that can be, a- you know, be accessed, and I just get everything from there and put it. Well, the other the possibility
1: is instead of a render machine, uh, get oh, depending on how uh, things turn out processor wise in the next couple years, uh, get a motherboard and processor, uh, and by then just rip the guts out of my computer, uh, swap over the recorder drive, the upgraded uh, data drive, put the old data drive back into this. I use my current computer essentially as the render machine.
0: Yeah, eight cores would definitely be helpful for rendering.
1: Yeah, uh, granted, it doesn't use my graphics card all that well, uh, so I'm still looking at uh, when I re- uh, when I do the video uh, render of the podcast. I'm looking at just right at an hour. What? How big are your output file sizes? Uh well remember I do a two pass so I could actually tell you that I could go into my quarter drive right now and look let's see rate my rendered videos done uh EP eighty forty six is eleven point five gigs
0: holy shit
1: that no that's the first pass
0: yeah and, well and then you run them through uh, handbrake, handbrake
1: which, which honestly it doesn't take that long. Let's see. EP forty six drops down to six hundred twenty seven megs.
0: See, my first output files. I've I've switched over to using images exclusively just because of uh, file sizes the, size the and speed. Uh, one I created then? <laughs> I mean, I can use that one. I've just been using the our logo, the the white logo. What well, I think got, mine but... looks better
1: than uh, putting that on. I mean, you've seen exactly what I use.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got that one. You sent it to me. But anyways, I mean, my output file sizes are only like two hundred megabytes, and then well, I well,
2: remember,
1: remember, I have everything set for gaming uh, uh, bit rates, and I yeah. don't, and I don't have a secondary set of parameters set up for the static images, so everything still has the bit rate turned way higher than it needs to
0: be for these. Yeah, my bit rate's really low. Yeah, that, like, that's the sh- difference. Just It's just enough so that it doesn't yeah, look like a single image refreshing over and over again. Yeah,
1: let's see. Um, how about – oh, here's one that uh, we could uh, compare. Uh, Divinity Original Sin Co-op EP5.
0: Okay, hang on. Let me
1: pull that up. I- I'm sure this is really engrossing or this is going to end up being a lot of freaking
0: episode content. Nah, I'll leave it. Maybe. <laughs> I guess it depends on how long it is. Well, oh, we're over at the hour that. mark already. Yeah, I know. So much for going to bed early. Come on, I should have known better.
1: Uh, doing some editing for you It just makes things even worse.
0: Oh God, my dog just farted. It smells so bad. <laughs> I have to take a break soon and go put her outside and vomit. Wait a second, that's the wrong wrong folder.
1: Well, it really, any of the Divinity Original Sin, but the. Um, All right,
0: you said episode five. Yeah, episode five um, is just the last one that I rendered. Two point nine six gigabytes. That's before I run it through Handbrake. Okay, before running through Handbrake,
1: six point four two.
0: And I've already ran this in through Handbrake. I'm all, I'm all the way up through episode uh, six. Yeah. Uh,
1: and uh, my finished
0: is two point one four. My finished is three hundred and seventy one megabytes. And uh, this is also at 720p. This, yeah, mine
1: are at 720p as well. So, yeah, that gives you an idea of just how high I have my bit rates. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sounds like the dog's uh, agreeing with me, though. Yeah,
0: that's one of the outside dogs. Sounds like Robin. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, well, at least it keeps all, all the blockies away out of my videos, right? Yeah. My my video, I mean, my videos aren't like terrible, like unwatchable, but sometimes they do look a little bit, a little bit grainy when the lighting is just right or on certain yeah, but, game objects. Yeah, but then you go look at my videos and you see the
1: difference in uh, frame rate. And yeah, there's not a lot of well, it does increase my render times a, a bit, but at the same time, I'm trying to go for quality.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, are we uh, going to actually get back on track now? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Divinity, I'll just make that the first game on my list. I'll rearrange <laughs> them. Uh, I've been playing Divinity: Original Sin Enhanced Edition this week um, uh, on single player. Yeah, on single player. Uh, I started another new game because I'm I'm basically like experimenting still, like figuring out stuff. One to kind of help us along not in terms of like story i'm still not progressing past where we are but just like i'm really trying to learn the crafting system because there's a lot of really useful stuff like i looked up a a crafting table and the guy was like yeah this isn't everything i know for sure because i've still got things that i can't seem to get because my skill's not high enough or like i haven't tried combining all the items because like some of these items are more rare or whatever um but I just like kind of took a, gl- a glance at it to try and figure out the logic of their crafting system, and uh, actually most of it really makes sense. It's like combine needle and thread to get um, a a sewing kit that you can use, yeah. or you know combine uh, some wool like two different like or combine like two different kinds of thread and you can get uh, string and combine two kinds of string and you can get bow string and stuff like that. So it all really makes sense, and I I basically. Uh, I got to level 5. Yeah, which you could actually use the bowstring to uh, essentially uh, sharpen bows, you
1: know, increase their yeah, damage.
0: it increases their damage. Um, but, but I I got to level – all my characters to level 5, just like going and fighting stuff uh, and taking the things that they drop because, you know, obviously there's only certain drops you can get from monsters and animals. And yeah. looting the town. And yeah, I just to I imagine you did a more way. thorough uh, looting
1: of the town than we did in the oh, uh, yeah. series because – yeah, that you'd spend a lot of time doing that.
0: Yeah, particularly if
1: you did the tactic that I did uh, on the uh, video, and use one character to kind of distract someone.
0: Yeah, I've been doing that too. I I took what you were doing, and I've been doing that so that I can uh, break into or sneak into areas and loot more stuff. And I found I don't know if they're like secret areas, but they're definitely more difficult to get to than just like opening a door and walking in. Yeah. But I found some areas that have you know lots of loot. And then, like a bunch of chests or things like that. <coughs> oh, excuse me, missed the cough button on that one. I apologize, Rage. Ow. Anyways, um, <coughs> so I've just been looting and crafting. I discovered more kinds of food that you can make. So, yeah, they I mean, spent they, a lot of time on building that crafting system. That crafting system is amazing. It's like, you know, a lot of crafting systems are like, okay, just take these two things and make this thing or, you know, maybe these three or four things, whatever. But in Divinity, it's like, okay, you craft this thing and then you craft another thing. and then you craft, A production chain. Yeah, and then you craft those two things together. And they and all make sense. Else. Yeah, and all of them make sense. Okay, so, maybe sometimes, you know, like uh, use hammer on tomato to get tomato sauce. Well, I mean – that's a cheeky joke. I mean, it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, they are very uh, humorous. That's one thing that I really like about Divinity is that they aren't afraid of humor. Uh, they, they don't use it. Uh, and, oh, They don't overuse it. But it's the spice.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Uh, it, that's one thing that uh, I'm probably going to get uh, lynched for this, but that I kind of find with uh, uh, some uh, sections of the Lord of the Rings movies where they feel so dry. Yeah, and it just is a chore to get to because or get through just because of how uh, overly
0: serious they are. Yeah, if that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. Um, it's even worse than the books. I mean, I oh, love yeah, the Lord of Rings yeah, books. Don't the, get me wrong, but there yeah, are portions the that are really hard to get through.
1: Yeah, I've read the books, and yeah, they uh, can be very dry. Uh, especially once you uh, get used to uh, some of the more uh, humorous characters, and then they go off and uh, on their own.
0: And are gone for like nine chapters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or if you want to use the uh, Wheel of Time, they're gone for five or six novels.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not joking on that. The Wheel of Time is, I believe, 14 novels total.
0: Yeah, I've seen the Wheel of Time. It's on my list of things to read before I die. Well, I did the audio version. And that's like a week, if I recall correctly. Is it as bad as Game of Thrones? Uh
1: uh in what sense?
0: And how long it takes to go through the audio. Uh well Like the Game of Thrones audiobooks, at their average playtime is thirty five hours a book.
1: Uh let's see. Wheel of Tom is um I'm, how many pages uh, Let's go uh, Audiobook length Because I want to see uh, the actual uh, Okay It is 17 days, 11 hours, and 30 minutes Okay, yeah, that's longer But also, uh, the Wheel of Time is complete And
0: Game of Thrones isn't That's true and It may never be complete At George R. R. Martin, Martin's writing speed By the way, welcome to the uh, Novelization <laughs> portion of the podcast <laughs>
1: Well, the thing for the Wheel of Time is that uh, they go really into detail in a lot of world building. And sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. And it kind of lulls in the middle just because of that. Yeah. So uh, there will be novels in the Wheel of Time that you'll uh, go through. And you you could have summarized them in a chapter.
0: Right. Speaking of, though, of, like, weird humor, back to Divinity. um, I did discover a quest that i don't think we've discovered or maybe we've discovered it but we haven't done it mm-hmm. and um i accidentally did it oh really it's yeah it's so weird how that can happen sometimes but um it's the i don't know if you've done it before but it's the old man uh, the old elvish man who wants to kill the orc uh librarian uh no i didn't okay well there's multiple ways that you can complete this quest Yeah, that's the thing about Divinity, is that a lot of the quests have multiple paths. But uh, I accidentally triggered combat with him, and I was like, well, I mean, you know, I guess that this means that I'll be protecting her, because I don't want to kill her. I like her. Yeah. Not only is she a neat character, she's also incredibly hot. But, uh, anyways. You like that tail. uh, Yeah, I do. Wink. But... So anyway, so I wound up accidentally killing this guy, but because we were in a public place when it happened, some nearby civilians joined combat on his side, so I had to kill them too. I guess I could have fled combat now that I think about it, but I just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I killed him for the experience. And uh, afterwards, like, the two characters had a little dialogue, and they were like, whoops, should have not, probably shouldn't have killed those civilians, that was a bad thing, don't you think? And I agreed and I was like, yes, that's a terrible thing to have done. We should be more careful with our weapons. And after I killed technically three civilians because nobody, only a couple of people knew that this guy was a bad guy. Yeah. I got, uh, what was it? What's the one that's opposite of Ruthless? I can't recall offhand. But it's, I think it's compassionate. Yeah. I got compassionate points for murdering three civilians in cold blood. (laughs) I had a good (laughs) chuckle at that.
1: I take no. it you really enjoyed uh, me suggesting this game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I love, I mean, I love crafting systems. You know, obviously.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize uh, that you'd go overboard on the crafting. I was hoping that the world building would be enough in the
0: combat. I mean, the world building and the combat are both great, but it's got a really in-depth, intuitive crafting system. So, I've got I'll have some new things for us when we start playing because I figured out how to craft um, uh, resurrection scrolls. Ah, um, it's yeah, see, a 100- that's,
1: that's why I was a little concerned about uh, that one fight, you know, using some, because yeah, those could be rather expensive to
0: get. Yeah, um, it's not a hundred percent chance to craft one, but so far, I mean, I can't find any like tables for how often you actually get one, but yeah. so far my crafting rate for Resurrection Scrolls is about 60%. All right. So those are pretty good odds. Uh, is it just a failure otherwise or does it make something else No it makes something else um, It makes a different kind of scroll Ah But Yeah so I'm looking forward to to Looting everything that's not nailed down somewhere.
1: <laughs> and avoiding the talky bits
0: I like the talky bits But they can take a long time if you don't skip ahead like so, the diff- So I blew through that that main story quest just yeah. to get the experience from it, so I could level up to go fight the zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took us nearly an entire episode to record that. It took me like five minutes to just like press skip, 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 yeah, skip. Yeah, but to skip. be fair,
1: yeah, that's comparing skip, 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 skip to go through all the dialogue options. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really a fair comparison.
0: No, it's. I mean, no, but. Just like, I, mean, I even I if you were just uh, reading, you know,
1: you would probably cut half the time off.
0: Probably. I read... I mean, most people, I think, could read faster than they talk, so...
1: Yeah. Especially whenever they have, you know, the long, dramatic pauses.
0: Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. I played some, some Divinity by myself this week. Just learning. Fun game. Good time. Um. I also... I'm gonna rearrange these again, because I'm gonna save my Eve story for last. So we played the star wars rpg this week you and i and katie Uh Uh, and i put that on my list i mean it's not a video game version we didn't play it on tabletop i actually bought the guide because i know that my in-laws will love this or not the guide but the core rule book and uh you and katie and i played and and i ran my first gm in star wars rpg and i was you know getting the mechanics down and getting more used to the story driven elements because i i've i think i I've said this a couple of times. I uh, was a dungeon master for D&D back in the day. Oh, my. But uh, d d is a lot more technical. I mean, there's still a huge storytelling portion to it, but you have to actually like measure distances for your moves. and. Yeah, it's
1: more... Star Wars is more about the story.
0: Yeah, Star Wars is more about the story and kind of just having a fun experience with your friends. And D&D is much more technical. There's a lot more rules that you have to follow more closely because even in the Star Wars core cool rule book, it, like you get to the end of the rules for being a GM and there's a note and it's like, yeah, basically you can throw any of these out that you want to, just to make sure you have fun. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that because our story went completely off the rails. I mean, we were off the rails when you jumped in because <laughs> Katie broke you found Yeah, you found, two, yeah, two you found me locked in. And you also found me locked in a closet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Katie broke two encounters before you even joined, and then you guys broke a whole bunch of encounters because you got some really good roles when I let you try different story things, and it's like, well, that completely undoes this aspect of the story. Yeah, I was proud of the thermal detonator thing. That was really good. That was good. I like that. And, I mean, I'm you know, i great at creating, uh, creating uh, story content on the fly. I mean, I made a couple of small mistakes and got hung up once or twice because you guys went so far off <laughs> of what I was going to do. I had to think about it for a minute, but almost everything that happened, I just made up as we went along and just kept driving you towards the the main end goal of the, the scenario. Yeah. Sometimes you're a little obvious on that though. <laughs> driving you towards the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'll get better with practice. But. We had yeah, fun. but yeah, but the thermal detonator thing was
1: that uh my character threw the detonator and uh it uh I failed the uh damage uh, check I believe it was or uh I had a I had a threat on it. So my character forgot to press the button.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think you failed the check and had a threat. Uh yeah. so I I had you throw the grenade but you forgot to arm it. So it landed at their feet yeah, and then so, that turned uh, into a whole thing. Yeah, and then they
1: eventually found the grenade. Uh, picked it up, and when they tried to use it, they failed as well, so they activated it and dropped it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, a very of,
1: Three Stooges-esque uh, <laughs> situation.
0: Yeah. Some of my forceful driving, though, was, was because I was like, okay, we have to finish this. We have to finish. I have to drive you towards the end. It's good, though. It's good. I'm you imagine already... if we were doing that
1: on tabletop uh, with uh, how slower, how much slower it is?
0: Yeah. Well, a problem with tabletop is that, that people, and I'm including myself in that, most of us actually are destructive to the flow of the game because we can all pick up the pieces Kyle. and move them around and draw on stuff, and Kyle with his weird whatevers, which are fun but take a while to figure out.
1: Plus and he also just starts drawing dicks. I thought that was males. Uh, it's both of them. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they sword fight over there. <laughs> well, well, they have, well uh, one of them has to start dominance, and they just keep uh, d- uh, debating on who that is. So, out to the dicks.
0: Yep, gotta have their dick measuring contest. Um, I'm already planning our next story encounter. Because now you guys have got a ship, which is good. Need one of those, and then uh, I, I, and
1: along with our uh, uh,
0: lovely uh, companion, decoy, decoy, yeah, yeah. You guys <laughs> uh, hacked a battle droid, um, and he survived the encounter. So I just decided to let you have him because he'll be a nice, you know, little addition to the party. And until uh, or if you know, if we get more people playing, but. Still, yeah, was just uh, the two whoever, of you. Uh, Whoever randomly joins gets to play decoy. <laughs> Decoy's a good little robot.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to spend a lot of time customizing him.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna make him an actual like little uh, custom character character sheet and figure out what his stats are. And, and I think I- if he ever dies, we should uh, spend money to rebuild him. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give him some some upgrades myself uh, to his stats. Uh, moving him from a minion to a rival class character. And then I'm going to let you guys do some customizing to him as well. But I need to kind of balance him so that he's not too weak or too powerful. And then you guys have got to level up too, but we're going to do that later. We didn't have time because you and I had to go record and I needed a shower. That's what I did during my (laughs) break was have a shower and a snack. What, we made you feel dirty for keep a decoy? Nah. (laughs) But... Yeah, I'm pumped. I really hope my in-laws like it, because that would be more times that we could play. Good game. Good game. Recommend it. Uh, and the final game I played this week, uh, I posted a tweet that said, Forgive me, Father, for I have sent, I'm playing Evil and again. Yeah, you've been a naughty, naughty boy. Yes, I have. So I, the YouTube video is already on my YouTube channel, if you want to go watch it. Yeah, I saw it's, that. It's like 25 minutes or something like that, and it's a lot more detailed. But um, I go through kind of spells where I play EVE. I'll play EVE a lot for a few months, and then I'll drop it for a few months. And so I'm back on the, I want to play this for a few months. um, And I've been thinking about playing it, thinking about playing it, and this week's, or this past week's co-optional podcast, they had a, a person who streamed EVE online. Uh-oh. And, uh, so they spent like an hour to an hour and a half of the podcast talking about Eve online. I was like, okay, this is it. I can't resist anymore. I got to play.
1: So in other words, I could skip most of the co-optional podcast. <laughs> uh,
0: got it. Yeah. But, uh, so I wanted to play, I wanted to leave my corp. I want to start a VGL corp just cause, I mean, there are a few people in our audience that have played Eve before. So if they want to join the corporation and. We can fly spaceships together and do stupid stuff and
1: mine space I mean, technically, I could just
0: do a uh, free pl- uh, character. It's just... That, that seems dangerous to me. <laughs> if you do that, play Galente. Because that's where we are. In Galente space. In it isn't to... tight. <laughs> yeah, I know that doesn't really mean much to you, but... Just just do that. Um. But anyways... So, I wanted to play... I was decided I was going to leave the Corp. And then I thought... I wonder... Because I haven't played in months, I didn't know if they had like removed my um, my roles or anything like that. And I was like, I wonder. Yeah, because if that's you were pretty high done. up
1: in your corp when you left, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was uh, second in command. Um, so I logged in, and I logged in at the perfect time to do this. There was literally nobody oh, from my corporation uh-huh. or my alliance online.
1: Yeah, uh, put a cut in here.
0: Okay, I hear the train. Ah. So ready to get back to it. I
1: think so. I uh, interrupted you just as you s- were t- starting to talk about you being second in command when you left.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was uh, I was one of the two people who were second in command of my corp when I left. So I didn't know if they were, you know, if they'd removed any of my privileges or anything, or if they just left it. Because I told them multiple times that like I'm I'm going to come back. I've just been taking a break. I'm going to come back. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, in uh, six months. So, anyways, I lo- I logged back in, and uh, I logged in at the perfect time. Uh-oh. Uh oh. None of my court mates were online, and none of uh, my alliance was online, so I was on by myself. Uh oh. And I was like, huh. So this is where you've been, a naughty boy. So, uh, so I looked, and they had removed some of my privileges, but not. All of them like I was still had access to every single um, corporation base and every single like everything that the corp had physically Uh, and then I had I only had access to three accounts the 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 thing that they removed was my access to the master account, Mm -hmm. which is really sad because there was a lot of money in there. But we'll get to that. Uh Um, So my thought was, well, you know what, I'm going to leave this corp. I'm going what? to teach them a lesson in the I'm, process. I'm kind of an asshole. I'm just going to take all their stuff. Should I be worried that you actually have control of the VGO uh answers? Nah. That's real money. This is fake video game money. Big difference. But uh, anyways. Now I'm so. a little
1: concerned about those cookies, you know.
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 You're going to get an empty box with a note that says, I ate all your cookies, bitch.
1: No, you just kill me
0: off and then take all the money. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I stole everything from one location before I got the idea that I should record it. So then I recorded myself doing the rest. And I just went to all of the different locations and stole everything. And then I opened up the accounts tab and stole everything I could get my hands on. And that was when I discovered I didn't have access to the master financial tab anymore. Like I could see it and I could view transactions, but I couldn't actually take or money from it or put money into it. And it was like 1.4 or 1.5 billion in the master account.
1: I take it. That's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's not like tons of money. Uh, but you know, for a solo player, that's a pretty good chunk of change. That'll buy you just about anything you can fly by yourself. Um, or anything that you should fly by yourself.
1: Okay, and here's the question. In game time, how many plexes can that buy? Uh,
0: A little over one. So it's worth 30 days of game time. Or how many dollars is that? Uh, I think that's like 10 bucks. All right. So. But I, I couldn't get that straight plex, or couldn't get that straight isk out of the master account. But overall, I stole... Uh, about $1.8 billion worth of goods and then straight-up credits or ISK that I could get from the accounts. Um, and once I take a crack at learning the new changes to the uh, economy system and manufacturing system and stuff like that, I might actually be able to turn that into more with manufacturing. But I know that they made some pretty decent changes to it, uh, so I don't know how, how viable I'll be at my current skill level. I mean, I was decently skilled, but I mean, I still had a good two or three months worth of skill training to max out all of my industrial stuff. So that makes, yeah. that would have made a pretty big difference, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. That was naughty. Uh, I took everything. <laughs> You're,
1: uh, that coal train that passed me, I guess it's on its way to you. <laughs> I
0: uh, I took everything. I left the corp on both of my accounts. Uh, and then i logged out now
1: here's the now here's a question is that is there any way if you were advanced enough that you could erase logs that you removed uh stuff no that that would be hilarious if you had like a hacking skill that you could um at least scramble uh, the uh uh yeah you know, the uh transactions
0: yeah that's that's not a thing, unless it's something that they've added. But I know, I haven't seen anything posted anywhere I, I was that, just asking so. about it
1: more than anything else, if that's a possibility.
0: That would be pretty cool. I mean, corporate espionage is a very viable way to play the game and earn a, a living, so to speak, in the game. Until so. you become infamous. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just uh, ju- uh, swap accounts. Yeah.
1: Or, you, or, or, or the real thing is that you never do it with your main account. It's always a secondary account.
0: Yeah. Well, I've got five accounts currently that I could reactivate because, you know, free to play. But uh, I don't I – don't. i I'm not going to take it that far yet. Yet. Um. Anyways, so, yeah, I, uh, I logged out, and my plan is to not play for a couple of weeks, let the, the heat kind of blow over for a little bit, and then actually log back in take some time to really categorize everything. Cause I just made like some quick and dirty estimates. Oh my. Um, about how quick much and dirty while being naughty. Yeah. The, but you know, just so that I could kind of have a, a rough idea of what I got, but I really need to go through and sort through everything and transport it all to the same place. So it's easy to, to sort through. Um, so I've, uh, I've got some work to do and then I'm, I plan on setting up, like I said, uh, a VGL, Corp in the game, so... And then
1: stealing everything.
0: I mean, it'll be my own corporation, so... I guess I'll steal it all from myself. Well, this
1: does explain what you were talking about, cleaning
0: your Skype. (laughs) Yeah, I went through... I had had several Corp contacts in my Skype that we would occasionally chat, and uh, I just... I removed all of them before we started recording, because... Cause I don't, I don't want to talk to them. They're gonna say bad things to me, and I mean, rightfully so. They absolutely have every right to be pissed. I did a really shitty thing, but jerkass. It's Eve Online, baby.
1: Wait, did you Online. send a couple of them the podcast? Am I going to get uh, correspondence from these guys?
0: Maybe. Uh, I knew. I know one of them did listen at one point, but I don't know if he still does. Well, there goes a listener. <laughs> Probably. That's all right. Um, I did take some time, though, to notice the new stuff from the most recent updates. uh, Because there's been one major update since I quit playing and then a couple of minor updates. Um, They've done a lot to fix up the look of the game. I mean, EVE Online was still a very pretty game whenever you turned up the the graphics. I mean, it'll run on a potato still, but... I mean, it can be a very gorgeous game. but I didn't know it was on consoles. <laughs> well, real potatoes. Well, not those imitation potatoes. Oh, not the instant potatoes. You know, you
1: just plug and play. Right. Uh, well, you plug it in, wait for all the updates to download. And then
0: play. Uh, and then uh, you get to play the games that they uh, allow you to play. But anyways, um, the game has had a noticeable visual improvement and I was playing with it on Ultra before. I mean, it was a very well optimized game. My 750 Ti could run it no problem, um, and the 480 doesn't even break a sweat. On my little my little um, CPU and GPU counters that I have in exploit that I can see where their performance is at. Make tweets to improve recording and streaming performance. It doesn't even hit twenty percent usage on either of them. Damn. So Eve is very well optimized. And it looks gorgeous. they've added uh some new solar system effects uh new lighting and shaders. they've added uh ringed like better ringed planets. They look a lot more realistic um they've done a lot with the camera normally whenever you use the phrase cinematic camera" in a video game, it means bad. but with mm-hmm. eve Online being driven through spreadsheets and menus, the cinematic camera is actually really nice it will if you leave the camera idle for too long. Uh, or when you come out of spa- uh, space stations or complete jumps or whatever, it'll kind of do this very slow zoom that goes into, like, a big sweeping shot that circles your ship. And I don't know if there's, like, some kind of al- algorithm that tries to, like, focus it on, like, planets or moons or whatever, but it always seems to, like, frame your ship um, perfectly perfectly for uh, a screenshot with a sun or a planet or a space station in the background or like if you're in a little ship it'll kind of set it up where you're uh, behind a large ship if there's one close to you or in front of I guess it's really nice the way they've set it up because you know I'll be sitting there I was sitting there in the menus look, uh, looking at stuff and then I realized like oh my camera's panning around and I'd close the menu and be like whoa this looks really good It might be one of those things that gets old after a while, but Eve does have lots of options and you can tweak the camera settings, but I haven't messed with any of that. I left it alone because for now, at least I like it. Um, They've made some UI changes, which I don't really like for the most part. Um, But you know, again, you can customize a lot of the way that your UI looks. So I'll just have to figure out a new flow that works for me. I really like the way they've changed the skill system. Now it, Uh, it's a lot more expanded than it used to be, which might be frustrating for some people, but it immediately gives you a lot more details about what the skills do and what their prerequisites are and how long it's actually going to take you to train to a certain place because before you'd have to figure that out on your own, but now it's like you can just check a skill and it's like it'll pop up a little side menu. It's like you have to train these skills and it'll take this long to train these skills at your current um, implant or with your current implants and stuff like that. So that's really handy. It just makes character... Uh, planning easier, and I'm sure there's more, but I didn't play it, but for two or three hours, uh, the other night. Just long so, enough to rip people off. Yeah, just long enough to run a huge. Well, I almost said scam, but I didn't really scan them. I just stole uh, it all their It was a stuff. spur of the
1: moment thing. That's the thing. It's uh, uh, it's the equivalent of walking by an armored car with the doors open and nobody's there. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. And you just look inside and you see all the money. It's like, hmm, look around, No ones on the street. Guess
0: I'll steal this bag of money.
1: And then you take about five steps and the ink pack
0: explodes. (laughs) Well, that didn't happen to me last night. We'll see what happens when I log back on in a couple of weeks. I'm sure I'll have bounties on my characters, uh, but basically I'll just go somewhere and get myself killed on purpose And someone can collect those bounties, and then nobody will be hunting for me except for maybe the main court people. But if they come attack me, you're going to bring your free to play character and kill yourself. I've done that before. I've collected several bounties that people have placed on me by doing that. That seems
1: rather counterproductive, actually.
0: (laughs) The bounty system really needs some work.
1: Maybe they should have it where only uh, one character can collect bounties multiple times. Or there has to be some sort of cooldown or something?
0: Yeah, what I would do is uh, one of my characters would get a bounty on it for some reason. So, I mean, my, both of my characters are in the same corporation. i just turn uh, friendly fire on for the corporation and bring my other ship out and blow up uh, my other, uh, the character that had the bounty on it, his ship. And I mean, mm-hmm. I get something really cheap, so I wouldn't lose any money. And the pod would pop out. And then I'd collect the bounty because you don't have to actually kill the person to collect the bounty. You just blow their stuff up. At least that's how it worked. They might have changed it, but it's great. People would put bounties on me because, for whatever reason, I did get into a lot of chat. I, I talked a lot of shit, basically. I get Do into you chat. You talk shit. Nah. And they'd place a bounty on me. It's like, well, I, just, I thanks for the money, dumbass nobody really hunts for bounties in high sec which is where i spend most of my time because the police force will come and murder your ass
2: mm-hmm.
0: so the bounties have got to be pretty high to make money on them but they don't do that in a corporation you turn your friendly fire on and enable corporate pvp and the cops are like all right you guys work it out amongst yourselves <laughs> the cops are just standing there eating their donuts <laughs> Floating in their space pods, eating donuts. So, yeah, that was my Eve experience for the week. I don't know. In other words, you're a colossal dick. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Spiking Tom. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, let's move on to our first topic, uh, which is going to be the segment that you recorded with Kyle. Yeah. So, strap in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the longest segment we've ever had that didn't turn into the full podcast. Um, <laughs> it's about an hour. So, yeah, there you it down to 62 minutes. Well, 62 minutes is about an hour. I was
1: uh, giving more detailed uh, timestamps in case people wanted to skip.
0: Okay. Fair play. Fair play.
1: All right. Here's more rage and some guile. Hello and welcome to a special segment of the VGO podcast, where I've captured that one guy, the chocolatest of audibles, cow.
3: Oh, the Sorry, I need to uh, be in English. Hello, and I'm broadcasting from the middle of winter storm Clay. I'm here to basically do an AMA for legal shits and video games because I've. Left off a lot out of my audio letters. So, you know, fun times, fun times. Yeah, and
2: uh, yeah,
1: and uh, I can't believe you actually support the Weather Channel naming fucking winter storms.
3: Well, I don't, because technically it's not a winter storm that we're having right now. Well, here's where we get to the local weather. <laughs> <laughs> thing. Basically, what we have in Michigan, especially on the West Coast where I live, is what's called lake effect snow. And that generally doesn't come across in storms, but more does what's called banding where the snow forms just offshore and then dumps out, uh, when it hits land. So, uh, that's what we've got going on. It's not so much a winter storm as the lake is just like, nah, you don't need to have clean roads. So anyways, this is uh this is definitely a legal, uh, segment, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, I uh, this is something that really couldn't be covered all that well in the audio letter. And, Because of the holidays, and your schedule is filled up and rather inflexible, Jared's uh, schedule is full up and unflexible, and me, I have no life, so I'm flexible and can record whenever the fuck I want. Here we are.
3: (laughs) You know, Rage, I'm not sure flexible has ever been a word that has been used to describe you in the past.
1: Uh, Very true. (laughs) Uh, Well, well, at least not without breaking some bones.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Uh, Well, that would be an internal structure failure, I would suppose. (laughs) At least that's what the boys down in engineering would call it. Um, Anywho, uh, moving on. So, um, Basically, I contacted Rage a couple of days ago with the idea of, let's just do an AMA and any sort of questions about uh, video games and the current uh, federal laws that are in place right now. Uh, Just like, how do they interact? How do they not work well with each other that sort of thing so uh the first how
1: behind the times everything is
3: pretty much yeah um and we're going to be getting into some fun stuff including but not limited to math
1: i I wasn't aware there was a test
3: oh no don't worry about it it's not a test i'll just explain some stuff
1: yeah shit i think i'm gonna have to go get some more coffee
3: (laughs) no no caffeine rage no that's the first part of your name at least the second part of your name Hold on now. Um, but yeah, six minutes in, um, all seriousness. Um, I guess, do you want to talk about this, um, China law first? Yeah, this uh, propped
1: covers? up, uh, this popped up just before we started recording and it kind of really ties into everything, doesn't it? Really well.
3: Yeah. I took my number three point and made it my number one point, <laughs> which is, um, for those of you who are not aware of what we're talking about in case this, I guess, doesn't make huge news. Uh, Basically, a new law in China that's going to be enacted in the late spring uh, is demanding that companies that do loot box systems for video games in China uh, release the digital odds uh, so that players know exactly what the percentages are of um, getting a particular item from a loot box. Now, that is a step in the right direction, I feel, for the loot box system, because, okay, imagine this. Imagine you go to the casino and you sit down at a table and you start playing poker. Now, a poker uh, game plays off of one 52-card deck. So basically, the odds of any particular hand are uh, 52 factorial minus yeah, 52 factorial minus 51 factorial, all the way down uh, because each card that gets taken out affects the odds. And essentially, well, 52 factorial is a huge number, like it's crazy vsauce does a video on it it's amazing um but uh, there are actual physical odds keeping this game um i, I guess fair quote unquote well like the your house chances always of a wins. royal flush uh,
1: in the end well the so. house
3: only has to get yeah the house only has to get you to zero once you're never getting the house to zero um so basically your chances of a royal flush are always the same across all of the deals, assuming they're blind deals. Uh, so I'm talking something in the neighborhood of uh, five card draw rather than Texas hold'em, because there's some other stuff involved there. Uh, your actual odds of getting a royal flush are, I think, right up about on par with getting struck by lightning while scoring the winning touch at or winning touchdown at uh, the Super Bowl if um, if my math is correct but uh, the reason that I'm comparing this is because there's also video poker where, and don't play video poker machines for this exact reason, there's no guarantee that the odds will remain consistent, for example uh, because uh, you're bound by a physical medium of cards in the physical poker game, you can't really doctor that too much without doctoring what's in the deck, but because you can't see all of the odds and numbers and calculations going on on say, a video poker machine, much like loot boxes, you don't know exactly how rare anything actually is. For sake of example, let's say that the actual rarity of an item in a loot crate should be .001%, just based on how rare they want to make it. Well, let's say that that's not working, and they want to encourage people to do these uh, loot crates, so they randomly assign that to be a little bit more prevalent in the loot crate so that when people get it it's like oh shit this really rare item and then they drop it back down past what the uh, likelihood was uh initially so i think i said 0.001 percent yeah they could drop that as low as 0.000000001 percent which is a huge downgrade. So it's kind of like the whole how random it is versus how random it feels thing that I was talking about with um, the procedural generation problem uh, with No Man's Sky. But um, this has actual money implications versus just shitty marketing implications.
1: <laughs> yeah, Oh, uh, the big thing that China is doing where they're making uh, game devs report these numbers is that there's really no way of knowing outside of just either doing some data mining or buying a shit ton of these boxes and opening them and recording the odds uh, otherwise so that's where this really uh, is going to change things
3: absolutely and it's going to make loot boxes um i don't necessarily want to say more customer friendly but it is going to It's create, a step in the right
1: direction, that's for sure.
3: Right. It's going to create what's called a symmetry of information. Um, because what we have right now is an asymmetry of information. Which, by the way, big companies uh, love asymmetry of information. Um, yeah, they love to have worth, the consumer
1: be ill-informed. Just look how pre-orders work.
3: Absolutely. And I believe the quote is, everything is worth what somebody will pay for it. And this gets into a lot of things about... Um, I'll just pick on a game at random. Oh boy, here Bridge we go. Rage, hand me my bat. No Man's Sky. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, here's the bottle of Elmer's glue.
3: Alright, let's beat the shit out of this thing.
1: Hey, to be fair, the horse did twitch and update a couple times. As a matter of fact, there's a, been another update since we last recorded, so.
3: <laughs> well, now uh, I'm th- just imagining it as macaroni art used from
1: the glue. <laughs> uh, uh, You gotta admit okay. that. We've had a lot more fun with No Man's Sky just talking about it than I think we would ever have had playing it or at least the version that we got.
3: The release version, yes, and I do believe that what you guys were talking about last week with it uh, potentially doing better as an early access game. It is I an early access, access game. It that.
1: just it's it's early access in everything except name.
3: Right, and I completely agree with that. Whereas uh if they had just come out and said, "Okay, You guys have been waiting for this for a while. This isn't the full release product. We're going to sell it at a bit of a discount, and the people who paid full price on the pre-order are stupid. Sorry, no, my bad. Um, It was a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But anyways, um, so when I was talking about uh, the procedural generation on that game, what I was talking about is it was never that impressive to me because when you have a computer, you can literally set the odds to whatever you want. And in fact, uh, this goes back to the whole iTunes problem with this where the shuffle and in this case, the random generation and in this case, the odds on the crate didn't feel random, even though they were because humans have a knack of making patterns out of patterns that aren't there because I guess pattern recognition was something that our early ancestors thought was a good idea. But, well, the um,
1: uh, the uh, caveman that determines, you know, okay, the herds uh, come every so often. Uh, tends to eat a lot more often.
3: Yeah, and then we get into agriculture and herding, but that's not why we're here. Um, I'm here because we are here to drink your beer and steal your rum. At the point <laughs> of gun. Oh, so you're, you're a Viking that went said-
1: back in time uh, in order to... Or oh, sorry, a pirate that went back in time to fight Vikings and to stop the abomination that is Swedish Fish Oreos.
3: Those exist. Yes. God damn! They took two awesome things and made them horrible. Anyways, sorry. My whole point with this is that's asymmetry <laughs> of information, where one where the company knows uh, what the actual odds are and can tweak them to market demands, versus keeping it at a static odd while letting the player know what their actual odds are. Um. For sake of example, let's use that Buffalo Wild Wings um, promotion. I thought it was, was
1: Buffalo Wild about. Things.
3: Yeah, I've stopped giving a shit about giving a promotion. <laughs> um, plus, I thought that that would be kind of a fun way to you know, phrase it. So, basically, they don't tell you the odds on what the bonus bucks are, and the bonus buck is actually just a little um, gift card that activates four hours after you uh, pay your bill and get the $25. Now, because you're paying for the $25 gift card, it's not gambling, but it is a lottery. So, essentially, I couldn't figure out what the odds were on that, but I tried to... um, do some math and i think i came up with a pretty good guess as to what the um odds would be so you could get values of 5 10 15 uh 25 50 and 100 now obviously uh they're not going to give away more 100s than they do fives otherwise yeah, they would obviously. lose money on this proposition so what i guessed was the $5 one was probably the most common the $10 one was half as common as that, the 15 was half as common as that, and so on and so forth until you get to 1 in 64, uh, we'll get the 50 and 100. Now, that is probably being super generous with it, but that means on average, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings per $25 uh, purchase would make uh, $13 on that, simply because that's what the averages of these prices come out to, and it encourages people to spend more money at Buffalo Wild Well, Wings. that's
1: also assuming one thing. That you always get something in the lottery. Is there a yeah, chance you that you could get nothing?
3: No, there's not. It's always $5. Okay. Uh,
1: I wasn't sure about that, so I thought I'd ask.
3: Yeah, I asked too, because I thought it was a little bit sketchy when my waitress was like, hey, do you want to gamble? I'm like, hmm, this seems a little bit suspicious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then they broke out the blackjacket hookers.
3: Yeah. I was there with Melanie. It was very awkward that they brought out male hookers for some reason. I was, I was not amused. Um... But yeah, so this sort of symmetry of information would definitely help uh, the Loot Crate system, but so too would um, basically uncoupling it from uh, physical currency. Now, that would be very hard to do if the things inside the box are worth physical currency, but um, I completely agree with what you were saying last week about uh, the Overwatch model of... um, It combined with the receipt model that I proposed. And basically, by doing that, you're not having a value loss. And that's the big thing that gambling laws will go after is value loss. So let's say for sake of example, um, I wanted to – oh, Rage, I got this really awesome site I got to send you. I just found it. It's CSGO betting, but it's (laughs) awesome. Um, What you do is you put in your uh, skin and it trades you another skin. And then all of the uh, all of the skins go into a lottery and essentially uh, whoever wins that lottery wins all the skins that were used as payment. Now, technically, that wouldn't be gambling because you got something in return before the gambling took place. So, yeah, but
1: you only win something if you actually
3: own that fucking site. Editing the odds now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like obfuscating um, your gambling by uncoupling it from actual currency and creating a non-negative value proposition as a guarantee, that's actually a really big step to uh, skirting around um, gambling laws. Like, if when you played uh, Pachinko over in Japan, you got a... You paid three bucks for a Kit Kat bar that cost 50 cents. Well, you paid for the Kit Kat bar, and then when you get the other candy bar to go around the corner for your actual payment, that would be oh, you just want another candy bar. And that would be a lot harder to take down than what they have right now, which is pay, oh, you want a candy bar from this, go around the corner, get your money, and leave.
1: Yeah, that's uh, – it's very interesting how the Pachinko uh, system works over there. Technically, it's not gambling because of how they have everything set up. But if you're in the know, you're able to you know get your money out of it. Yeah. If you don't know, it's uh, – well, it's like you just said, you're essentially uh, winning prizes at the Pachinko. And then there's another shop very nearby that tr- uh, takes those prizes and gives you your money.
3: Right, and that would be a good way for Valve to get around the um... – get around the gambling uh, charges that the state of Washington is bringing against it by, like I said, uncoupling um, the gambling bit with the direct currency bit. Now, if there was make an it's internal a, currency. Make it essentially
1: where you're buying a premium currency and that premium currency is used. Uh, sort of the free-to-play model where you're uh, buying the fun bucks, whatever you're calling it in that particular game. And I that is used. I would have
3: called them sucker bucks, but
1: all right. Well, uh, fun bucks and massive star caps and quotes because I really, ha- <laughs> I really hate uh, games that do the uh, premium currency and then that premium currency is used in something else because then you have to sit down and do all the math to figure out, okay, how much am I actually paying here?
3: Right now, uh, I'm going to digress a little bit because you know that was inevitable, but um, there's a game I'm playing right now, uh, Pocket Planes. I've just fiddled around with it and And somewhere Jared is
1: parking up like somebody's talking about a game I played
3: yeah oh um Jared uh I'm looking to start a VGL airline if you're still playing that game um we need to come up with a name for that for the uh, flight crew stuff because I feel like that would be fun but um here's how it works you can pay for the premium currency but you have the standard like free-to-play model on it where you get a little bit at a level up and uh I guess that is the standard model right there where they yeah pretty it. much, but you can also earn it in game. It's a little bit more rare, but if you're willing to um if you're willing to like take somebody at a loss for in game currency, you can actually get these premium currencies, and they're common enough that I have not uh I have not sunk any actual money into this game. And I have something in the neighborhood of... I think I've spent something in the neighborhood of the equivalent of about 50 bucks. Uh, not, like, in-game bucks, but, like, actual cash money bucks. Mm. Um, just from, like, the free ones that I earn, which is good. Like, having it on a kind of open rarity scale, that works. Which would also be a way for Valve to um, Valve to skirt the uh, gambling charges. Which is kind of what I said earlier in the whole make... Um, argue uh that it's a currency because currencies are inherently subject to laws that products are not so like it it's it's complicated and the United States uh legal system is definitely way behind the times um yeah, it's just
1: one of those things where the law hasn't caught up and it's the wild west so companies are trying a lot of different things just, just seeing really what customers will put up with to be perfectly honest
3: well, they're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks, whether from uh, a skirting a legal um, solution to how much bullshit will people eat before they punch you in the face.
1: Yeah, just look what Valve is doing to see us go. Or have you uh, seen some of the stuff that's going on over there where, let's see, they're doing the uh, – they have the skins on all the guns, the knives, which are just ludicrous in some of the values there, or uh, the rarities that uh, inflate the value on a digital good and – then you have, uh, just in the last six months, they made it so that sprays in the game are, you have a chance to get them out of the crates and they're limited use, but you can get them on level up, but the thing is that the level up ones are all black and white while the full color ones are only from the crates.
3: Yeah, that sounds scummy as hell, but- Yeah,
1: and they just released also skins for gloves, so you could get cosmetic gloves now. It's just, oh- Valve is when did treating, this
3: become barbie funhouse yeah yeah
1: Valve is treating csgo like a free-to-play game and it's a 15-buck game it's i'm just looking at this thinking okay when csgo going free-to-play because that's about the only thing left
3: <laughs> well number uh, one people have see, you
1: seen oh sorry go ahead
3: well number one and this ties into the whole artificial rarity thing have you seen that video of a guy who got this like crazy rare knife thing and he was so excited that he actually shit himself it was it's pretty fucking funny to watch <laughs>
1: no but i well i used to be a tf2 player as you know and i was in a Highlander group and i was playing when they started doing the Australian uh frying pans which uh what that is is essentially a golden frying pan yep. uh, it's a melee weapon and that if you hit someone it turns uh, instead of making them ragdoll it turns them into a golden statue and there's only a handful of weapons that do that. And those, okay. uh, those frying pans were going for thousands of dollars. Particularly the first couple went for, oh, I want to say like 5,000 plus.
3: Jesus. That's more than I make in a month.
1: Yeah. It's just ridiculous for well, a also- digital frying pan.
3: Well, that's also what happens when you have um, a non-physical product assigned a price uh, which has its own issues, and I guess we can get into that right now if you want. Well
1: that, well, that's the thing. It's not even uh, it's not even assigning a, a price to this. This is what the market is demanding. you know, it's the uh, there's only a handful uh, released uh, at a time. This is essentially the rarest item that is able to be dropped. There's there are rare items that are just are no longer available. Mm-hmm. but it's the rarest item that, at least at the time, that was able to be dropped. So the first few went for you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, and I think it's still several hundred dollars. But it's sure. also a still a very rare item. And also to get it, you have to put in oh, I want to say like five or six dollars just to be able to even get a chance just because of the way they have the drop system going. It's in the uh, essentially the horde mode where you have to put in money to be able to play it and it's like a buck for each round and you have to do I think it's uh, six or eight rounds if I recall correctly in order to get a drop and the drop is you know a chance for the uh, melee weapon there's a chance for other things and of course you know you rarely get back what you're putting in and it's supposed to I I realize I realize it's uh, the what you're paying for is the fun there and the uh the prize is supposed to be a bonus but people don't treat it like that
3: right and when i said assigning a price i didn't necessarily mean valve assigning a price i'm talking uh, all about right. uh supply and demand okay i wasn't where... sure if you were
1: going uh with that uh the uh, on the market value or just uh valve doing something because no, Valve no, 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 has done no. some yeah you know, things that really are questionable especially with csgo but tf2 as well
3: uh i I was going to dive into um the whole idea of assigning prices to digital goods uh, especially in an environment like the loot crate system is kind of asin simply because there is no physical supply to be depleted and all of the rarity is completely manufactured and artificial which leads to big problems because um
1: well uh, point well uh uh It's not even just artificial, it fluctuates, because, well, the one thing I can think of is that Valve during Halloween, when they put in special effects on their hats in TF2, they also doubled the drop chance of those special hats.
3: Right. And and
1: there's no way of knowing, you know, uh, okay, they doubled the chance. What was the chance originally? Was it 1%? Was it 0.1%?
3: Was it a billionth of a percent? Who knows? And that's the thing, especially with these uh, supplies and uh, drop rates that aren't published, there's no way to actually know how many of these things there are in the world without some sort of aggregate site taking all of this data. And realistically, if I were Valve, I would shut that shit down immediately because, as I was saying earlier, asymmetry of information is always beneficial to uh, large corporations. But what I'm getting into is this. What uh, you were talking about with that uh, gold-ass frying pan. Yeah, there were only a few in the world, and realistically, it doesn't cost Valve any more to actually produce these things. It increases the amount of loot boxes and uh, raids that they were um, selling. Oh, I use raid in air quotes. i played TF2. I know what's up. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it increased the amount of money that they were making, but they were allowing the um, the market of the people to set their own prices on these things. And by watching that, they could say, okay, let's not make these things common enough that people will just be able to buy them from anywhere. Let's keep them at a fairly good and, more importantly, publicly secret uh, drop rate. That way we can artificially restrict the supply. And this is for lack of a better term, a very monopolistic practice. And I understand that Val is not a monopoly. I got that. Well, but they are when is... it comes
1: to the supply of these items.
3: Exactly, and that's the problem. If you take a look historically at any of the monopolies, especially uh, around the era of the Barons, right before the Progressive Era in this country, uh, let's say about 1880 up to about 1910, You start seeing these people who would both jack the price up on their uh, products just because they could, and you couldn't go anywhere else to get them, Uh, see Standard Oil, which eventually got dissolved by some trust-busting, but uh, also they were able to control the supply. So if people started getting a bit uppity about having to pay, and I'll use Standard Oil as an example, if people started getting uh, uppity about how much they were having to pay, well, all of a sudden, um, all Standard Oil had to do was just pull back production in that area. And suddenly the price goes up a lot more simply because you're both dealing with monopolistic practices and an actual uh, scarcity of resources. Now, the difference between that and what Valve could do is Valve doesn't actually make anything physical that could uh, have that done to it. Which means a lot of the trust-busting laws that were set up in this country to prevent monopolies don't actually apply here because they're not actually making a physical good. and quote-unquote, they don't control all of the means of production because nothing is being produced. However, if you take a look at this from not like a asshole lawyer standpoint you're looking at something where they not only control the means of production and the means of distribution, they also control the entire environment around these digital products, which is a huge problem for uh, consumer friendliness for reasons that should be pretty apparent.
1: Yeah, it's very easy for Valve just to uh, hit the keys and make something, and, well, there you go. It doesn't really matter what they do, really.
3: Yeah, to quote the great... uh, Mike Shinoda, it doesn't even matter how hard you try. Um, to uh, to basically say this, like, let's say that Valve came out, and let's pick a game almost at random, uh, CSGO, <laughs> with, okay, um, I'm going to pull a Metro 2033, and you can get shiny ammunition for your gun, but you only get one mag of it. So, what they could do is just type, 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 and make it super rare. Well, all of a sudden, these loot crates have become much more valuable without actually having any value added just because of a perceived increase in value due to a new product that we don't know how rare it is. And that is a big problem from a consumer friendliness standpoint. But from a business standpoint, it makes perfect sense because Valve isn't actually saying, okay, these new bullets are worth a penny uh, round. They're saying, Okay, these new bullets, they're pretty rare, they're only in these boxes, do with that what you will. Yeah, and
1: uh, Valve uh, sometimes even goes one further, where uh, items will be only in one particular loot crate, and there may be half a dozen loot crates currently dropping, so that increases the rarity even more. Without really increasing the rarity in that particular loot box, because you're looking, okay, you come up with a loot box where well, you have a, let's say a one in six chance of getting the loot box that even has the shiny bullets in it. And then the shiny bullets could be a, you know, a 1% chance in that.
3: Right. And so that's when you start getting nesting statistics um, and odds. Which is always, always a sure sign of somebody trying to screw you over while still technically giving you the chance to uh, win whatever it is. Another thing that I'm reminded of is a game that I used to be really, really into called Payday 2. Uh
2: oh. <laughs> it was fucking
3: awesome when I first started playing it. In fact, I had a crew in college. <laughs> we called ourselves PBJ. It was, it was, it was oh pretty, boy, pretty funny does not stand what you think for what you think it does but um
1: well i'm assuming something rude
3: uh pooter be juicing um
1: so that's what the kids are calling it these days
3: (laughs) i don't know we were pretty drunk when we came up with that but um so what ended up happening was it used to just be a really fun game where the um or the dev Overkill Software would you know release some DLC like okay here's some mission packs but the way that they went about the DLC originally was pretty cool in that only one player the host needed the DLC. So let's say that you were playing with a bunch of your college friends and only one of us needed to buy the DLC. Well that made us much more willing to buy different dlcs for you know like 10 bucks or what have you so i would or buy even like, just
1: uh have one guy uh, getting it all and uh having him be host all the time and, and that's actually uh,
3: what we ended up doing yeah
1: chipping in uh yeah a couple bucks and to send them the dlc
3: well i usually got paid back in pizza but i college was fun well so, um, yeah same
1: basic idea
3: yeah, and that's the idea because you're going to sell uh you're going to guarantee be able to sell the DLC. And while you may not be selling all of the DLC, it makes your DLC much more valuable by having it be slightly less exclusive. Now, you take a look at what they've become because 505 Studios is a shitlord when it comes to a publisher. <laughs> now, what they've started doing is they've introduced a pseudo loot crate system. See, in payday two, originally. Well, what didn't you they had, also
1: remove it uh, eventually once uh, uh, they kind of got the boot?
3: Um, uh, yeah, but at the but same the damage time, damage is already done. Damage is already done. Well, I, I, I just,
1: I just wanted to clear the air right there, you know, and make sure that people knew about that. Oh, c- continue.
3: Okay, so I go back every so often and I try to play it. Now, what they have at the end of each mission is a random thing that you could get. And you could only get these in-game. There was no real way to um, cheese the system. You just had to do a lot of heists in order to get these unlocks. And there were cool drops like mods for your guns, masks, mask patterns, mask colorations. So stuff that was all like basically cosmetic except for the guns. And some of the guns, or it's not even the guns, just the mods, because the guns you would unlock at levels, I think. It's been a while since i played. But uh, the last time I went in, there was this thing called the safe and drill system. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about this. Yeah, this pissed me off to no end because basically what they did, and I would be amazed if these odds weren't, you know, manipulated based on the amount of time that you played uh, since the uh, safe and drill system dropped. Basically, think of the safes as loot crates. Now, here's the problem with it. When you get a safe... You can't open it until you get a matching drill. And then once you get the matching drill, you can open the safe and inside the safe is some sort of like, oh, my God, it's a red, white and blue pattern for your gun. We're, you know, America. we're CSGO as well. Yeah. All <laughs> right.
1: That uh, really has caused some cancer in free to play games. And yes, I realize uh, Payday 2 isn't a free-to-play game, but it's still the same basic idea.
3: Well, it went from being a really awesome experience that had a multiplayer focus to basically... I guess they're trying to make it a bit more MMO-y, which is really a bizarre choice. But... um, Well, the uh,
1: Payday 2 one, uh, uh, sorry to cut you off there, was uh, particularly cancerous just because it was also... Power. Uh, some of the uh, skins gave a bonus, if I recall correctly.
3: I'm not sure about that, because once I saw that they had a loot crate system, I was immediately out. I said, you know what? I had my fun with this game. I'm okay if I don't play it again.
1: I'm pretty and, sure that some of the skins uh, had some sort of bonus to it. I'll uh, go look for that real quick.
3: Okay, while you do that, I'll just explain. what what The, the big problem was, these safes, they, at the time were about a $5 value. And the drills, which I'm assuming were a much rarer drop, were about a $12 value. And you could buy them directly from 505 Studios and Overkill Games. And the problem with this is, it's uh, part of what's called the... um, Shit, I can't remember the name of it. Let's make up a fun name for it. The uh, Freemium Market Mindset Assault. So, let's say that um, you're playing a game. Yep,
1: they offer uh, stat players.
3: Okay, now that's straight up dumb. because essentially I was that... just w-
1: I'm just wanted to go double check that.
3: Yeah, because now you're looking at a pay to, not even win, you're looking at a pay to make the... That's so weird, because you're actually not playing against each other, so I don't know why you...
1: <sighs> yeah, Damn, I'm, do I'm just this looking at this. Uh, the they, uh, I'm not sure how much of a... Uh, uh, you would consider this bonus Uh, the example that they give is the m308 Uh, before the black market update uh the stability on it is a 36 uh with the skin it's a plus four bringing up to a 40 and then with a skin and mods uh it also adds a damage in negative six or sorry negative eight concealment but still given the at that four bonus to stability
3: that's actually kind of ridiculous, because the M308 is basically the M14 in real life. Um, and what it'll do is it'll fire a 308 right, uh range, no shit, uh, downrange, and it is one of the not-sniper-rifle-sniper-rifles in the game. And essentially, if you're good with this, you can take down uh, some of the more heavily armored people in the game very quickly. Now, making this a more attractive option is cool but here's the thing the 308 is not a good rifle in the game it's just not and well that's just the inc-
1: example that they're giving uh i'm sure that there was other uh, uh skins for better guns out there that uh, sure. uh made them you know even stronger but th- that's the example given
3: sure and i understand that but my point is just this it's like well it's really going to artificially like Influence what guns you pick because honestly... Yeah, if you have that
1: skin, you want to use it.
3: Right, because you don't have the bonus for the gun that you really need for the mission, which is a problem. But like, like I was saying, it's the freemium assault on your mind because you already have this thing and you're thinking, oh, well, if I don't open it it's not going to be worth anything because all of the goodies inside are still locked inside unless I pay a little bit more to open them up. And it's, or you just
1: throw it on the steam marketplace and let some other sucker have at
3: it basically. And it's just such a shitty move because it's preying on the um, perceived value loss of not opening the crate because you're thinking okay whatever's in here is actually in here no it's not the statistics are actually the dice are rolled once you open it it does not matter which safe you have unlike in real life with like a cup and ball game or something yeah. where the ball is actually under one of the cups <sighs> digital odds man they can be tweaked which is me well, sounding well, the th- very well, here's the thing is that,
1: uh, is that uh, people assume you know they, they make this uh, assumption that the odds are already rolled they're used to deal- dealing with a physical world right uh, they uh think that you know well using your poker example the next card is always going to be the next card
2: mm-hmm.
1: but in a digital game the next card isn't determined until it's chosen so depending on when you uh hit the next card or even if you hit the next card you know there could be any uh, card there
3: I'll give you an example from real life that I know, and we'll go back to poker, I guess, because that seems to be a really good analogy. Um, One of my coworkers' brothers actually went to a casino around here recently. And uh, the story goes that... And by the way, this is a guy who did not need to win any more money. He's very well off. Um, The story goes that he lost a shit ton of money at slots. And what happened was he just, on the way out, eyeballed some of the video poker machines. And according to uh, my coworker's brother, let's call the coworker's brother Bob. I don't actually know his name. Um, he sat down at a video poker machine, which uh, I guess had been com- like there was no one at any of these lines of video poker machine. So he sits down, puts in, I think, like 25 cents on it, ends up getting a royal flush, which paid out eight grand. Wow. Now. You might be asking, why did the casino do that? Like, the odds of him actually doing that are...
1: Astronomical.
3: Possible, but incredibly unlikely. Especially on something where the casino can manipulate the odds. So why did the casino allow him to win $8,000?
1: Because well, $1,000 to them isn't much, but it's enough to hook him.
3: Well, he walked away after that, so... What actually happened, according to Bob, was once he left, people saw that he won eight thousand dollars because he won eight thousand dollars. He made a lot of fucking noise. Yeah. So other, and people I imagine the machine over.
1: made it even more.
3: Yes. So other people came over to try to play video poker because they're thinking, oh, that machine video is hot. Poker. Video poker pays out, yes. So by doing that, they were able to increase the total amount of consumption for the product, in this case, video poker. Which is why I don't really trust digital odds, because if you start seeing a market slump and somebody wins something amazing, it's like, oh, geez, I just got this box with like a thousand rare items in it. It was great. People are like, oh, that shit exists? I need to start buying these boxes so that I can get that too. And with the market loss, and this applies less to, let's say, a loot crate, uh, with the market loss from giving away these super rare items, you will make that up by other people thinking that, oh, this guy did it, so I can do it too. It's the whole fallacy of whenever somebody has like something really lucky happen to them, like I'm gonna go out and buy a lottery ticket, and I'm thinking, no, yeah. no, no, luck does not work like that. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: really. You've
3: used your luck for today. What are you doing? <laughs> well, uh,
1: well, you're talking about the manipulation of odds. Uh, Blizzard just had a bit of issue with their latest expansion, uh, Streets of Stand, where the uh, card packs were not giving the proper odds of getting cards. And they had to, well, they didn't have to, but they gave away a bunch of card packs to try to make up for it. Uh, wh- what happened was that one uh, a set of cards in the expansion, uh, it's technically a neutral card, but instead of being available to everyone, it's available to three of the non-classes. And there's three sets of them. So, there's one set that's for uh, one set of three, one for the second set, and one for the third. Okay. And there's different groups. But because they didn't program the odds correctly, those uh, three sets of cards were showing up a lot more often because it was calculating instead of a block of three uh, for each one, uh, essentially one of the three blocks, it was Uh going uh, each class a chance, and it was coming out three times as often.
3: Right, so that would increase your odds by three, and on a common card, that's going to flood the market.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, granted, there isn't the market there. There's no way to trade those uh, cards. It's a collectible card game, not a trading card game, Mm -hmm. which is a very important distinction because there's no market there to trade. Your extra cards get disenchanted down to dust, which then is used to make other cards. But because all these cards, at least I'm pretty sure that they're all very, you know uh common cards uh it dropped the what the perceived value of those packs just because there's a bigger chance of getting those uh three uh, class commons or those three class neutrals i guess i should say
3: right well and i guess i'm reminded in real life like i would and this is probably going to come back and bite me in the arse at some point in the future i understand that before i say it I am not interested at all in any sort of digital card game where the odds can be manipulated by the um, company as far as what cards I could possibly get in the pack. That yeah. having been said, that having been said, I play a lot of Magic in real life. Uh, Magic the Gathering, fun game. Um, always up for a game if, you know, you're close to me, which nobody is. <laughs> so, um, Hey, Bells is. She is, but uh, she is getting a little bit tired of me stomping face a lot. So, um, well then, I can't imagine
1: there's no one around you that wants to play.
3: (laughs) Well, no. Okay, so on Wednesday nights I go out, and there's a reason I don't do the Wednesday night thing very often because that's card night, and I'll go over to Kalamazoo or up to Holland, or people come here, and uh, we'll get together, have some beers, and play some Magic the Gathering. It's like a nerdy poker night. It's amazing. So there is a set. There is a set, and I don't remember exactly what the name is because I get these things confused. I think... Okay, it's the last set in the Theros block. I'm going to call it Journey into Nyx because I'm 99% sure that's what it is. Um, That Wizards of the Coast, the people who made it, did something pretty cool. I think one in every million packs has, instead of uh, the normal split of 15 cards between common, uncommon, rare, and mythic, They filled it entirely, because Theros was the Greek uh, god sort of Mm -hmm. uh, set, they filled it entirely with gods, and they called these things god packs. So instead of, like I said, all the normal cards, you would get 15 of these, or you would get one of each of the gods of Theros, which in the meta was amazing. If you pulled one of these, it would be really cool. Yeah, but I mentioned
1: that there's only a handful of those packs
3: out in the wild. There really is, and you don't know about that until you open. So there's no real way to tell, like, if somebody pulled these things from the God Packs because they still have their old set logo on them. So it's not like you could say, oh, that was definitely pulled from this pack. But it increased the sales of these packs on pre-release mm-hmm. just tenfold, from what I understand. just because people It's thought, the
1: equivalent of a golden ticket.
3: Exactly. And that uh, I would but actually – That's
1: actually a good analogy. <laughs> the golden tickets from the – well, uh, the Willy Wonka movies.
3: Yeah, I remember the golden tickets from Field of Dreams. It was great. <laughs> McCulloch Culkin was great in that movie. I, I might not be movie savvy. <laughs> um, all joking aside, yes, I understand that. But I'm more willing to trust that than I am some company who makes a digital card game.
1: Well, there's because- no way for them to uh, go in and say – yeah, the, tweak the odds after the packs are already shipped. That's the big exactly. thing. Exactly,
3: exactly. So, yeah, that's that's why I'm that's why I'm a little bit wary, especially buying um especially buying digital goods uh, that have a random chance associated with it. But that having been said, that's not really the only thing that uh, digital goods run up against. And I guess this segues nicely into my next point. So let me just hop on my two-wheeled <laughs> moped thing and just scooter around the room. I'm going to point it this segway out. And go right off out. the cliff? Yeah, just go right off the cliff. I'm going to point this segway out until we've driven it to the bottom of a canyon. So, Easy there, Jared. Um, <laughs> well, if I'm Jared, I need to start hitting my non-existent mic stand. Um Yeah. <laughs> <Sproing. laughs> Oh that was such a that was such a lovely sound effect. But um what was I on about? Right. Okay. So uh the reason that digital goods are not very well protected under the law has to do mostly with the fact of leasing versus owning. And while when you go onto Steam, you're not buying the game; you're buying the license to the game, so that you can access it on Valve servers. Now, let's say, for sake of example, uh, Valve imploded tomorrow. God, I hope that does not happen. I have a fairly large library. You if have Valve, a fairly
1: large library.
3: Okay, well, it's not about size. <laughs> God damn it, it's about how it's you. how use you use it. it. Yeah, there you go. And I'm um, uh, using
1: it for a YouTube channel, so there you go. <laughs>
3: Yeah. well my point is just this if Valve went away tomorrow it would be very very hard for them to basically not screw everybody over and they're not trying to, I'm not saying that they are Um, but if let's say Valve's company stock just imploded, they had to close their doors they can't keep those servers up and even given Gaben's promise of okay you'll be able to download all of the games DRM free, I understand that, that's cool, but for, let's say, for sake of example, you have just a shit ton of games. There's no real way that you might be able to store those without essentially turning your house into a giant hard drive. And well, that, that's one an of idea. The...
2: <laughs> I'll
3: help you out with that, sure. Um, and, that, and that's basically some of the problem with digital goods is that there's no real way to ensure consumer protection if a company is no longer able to remain viable and continue providing access to the product.
1: Well, let's pick on a company uh, that has done this uh, just recently, Desura. Desura imploded pretty much overnight, and they have been bought out by another company, and they're talking about uh, bringing it back online. And they're talking also about the possibility that old accounts will still have their games. And there's really nothing legally you could do because you don't technically own those games on Dasura. You're owning the license, and you're, you've you licensed the game from the old company that owned Dasura.
3: Right, and that's where this gets a little bit dicey legally. Because what you paid for, in your mind, was the expectation to have access to the game and be able to play it and access it basically whenever you wanted. What you actually bought was a license with, let's call them, old Dasura to have access to the servers, to be able to create, essentially, a digital copy of the game that calls home to the server and says, hey, okay, is this guy good to play this? Yeah, okay, yep, yep, okay, cool, cool, got it, done. And that's what you bought. So if either the company or the server goes away, now the server can be replaced, obviously. People upgrade servers all the time. Yeah. But if the server goes away and the company goes away and a new company scoops them up, let's call them new Desura. God bless you. Uh, The new company does not necessarily have to honor the old accounts in what is legally known as, no, fuck you, pay me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the real problem with this. And, well, it's not just even games going away, but games being changed. Let's pick a game almost at random, uh, taking my catchphrase back. Okay. Uh, GTA San Andreas. All right. Uh, the last patch that happened to it, they removed uh, about a dozen different songs from it. Uh, when they uh, essentially patched in uh, 1080p support, but it kind of broke things there as well. Right. But because you're not owning that copy, you're owning the license, you know, they can do whatever the fuck they want.
3: Well, they can to you. I bought the CD back in college, so I still have all that music. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, true. Uh, I have uh, the console version of it around here somewhere, and I'm sure that there's a way to rip the music off there. Or, you know, uh, there's uh, fan-made patches, which is just dropping the MP3s back into the uh, folders. It, I mean, it's not that hard to
3: do. It's really not, especially with the, in the PC version, the um, the ability to create... But
1: it's th- know, th- still the same fiction. idea but where it, yeah, yeah, they, you're right. they have the right to do everything uh, that they want to the game, because... They still own the game. They're, you're just getting the license from it. Or games that just get pulled off Steam completely. Uh, typically, the uh, uh, it's that you're still able to access the game. Mm-hmm. But there has been a couple that's just gone completely off Steam and have been removed completely from uh, libraries as well. It is a very rare thing to happen, but it has happened.
3: Yeah, like Digital Suicide. Yeah, but here's the thing:
1: is that people wouldn't miss those
3: games. (laughs) Touche. But it also comes back to one thing that makes me sound incredibly morbid: it is the arrogance of companies to think that they will last forever. Nothing lasts forever. I mean, hell, the universe isn't even going to last forever. Eventually, there's going to be a heat death. But the fact of the matter is, if you take a look,
1: yeah. Yeah, but since the universe isn't going to last forever, we shouldn't worry about global uh, warming because, you know, uh, the sun will uh, eventually just expand and uh, consume the earth anyway.
3: Okay, Gary Johnson, calm the <laughs> fuck down. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're quoting, but the fact of the matter is, um, like <sighs> – Eventually this is going to become a problem as more and more companies will eventually default on their uh, licensing agreements. And that is why the United States in my case and other people's countries in other cases need to start uh, thinking ahead on this because by the time that this becomes an issue, it will already be too late and you will have a large loss of value. For example, Let's pick a game almost at random. Stole it back. Yeah. All right. Uh, Um, Damn it. (laughs) Let's pick a game almost at random. Just flaunting it in your face now. Uh, Civilization VI. I love that game. I'm probably going to rack up nearly a thousand hours in that game because it's amazing to me. But if it were to go away, that's value loss for me regardless of how much time I actually put into it because I can no longer put more time into it. Which sounds like um, the sunk cost fallacy, but it's really not, simply because... I wasn't done with that yet. That's like when a waiter yeah. comes around. It's like, can I put that in a box for you? Dude, you just brought this food out. Go, fuck off. Uh, it's No, it's more the waiter
1: uh, comes and takes your bowl of soup while you're eating it.
3: <laughs> waiter comes, sets a bowl of soup down. Yeah, you're done with that. Just picks it up and walks away. You're just sitting there with a spoon <laughs> in your hand. like, What the fuck just happened? <laughs> but right, and so like I'm saying, in this country especially... <clears throat> the uh two party system is set to be a good two decades behind the issues they just are and it's because of the inherent problems with a two party system of there's diametric- no, uh, in,
1: uh, there's no incentive form to uh, tackle these issues
3: right because they can just take these issues that they don't want to talk about and sweep them under the rug and just quote rhetoric i know i sound like i'm getting very down on the government but you are yeah I am a little bit. (laughs) Personally, and this again is going to sound a little bit morbid, things need to be allowed to die. It's just the way things are. And I don't think either of the two parties right now, without the other one going away, will be able to uh, really talk about any of these issues without the rise of another Group of individuals who pose an actual quote unquote political threat to them that they which would be that, able
1: to, that's there's nowhere near that and right now in the United States
3: that is correct, which is why I'm a little bit envious of a parliamentary system, but that's neither here nor there, and that's a conversation for another day unless you want to get into it
1: uh well, we're already uh rolling up on an hour, so we probably want to have something for the rest of the show.
3: <laughs> Okay, so a parliamentary system. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Um, I guess to wrap up this point, what I would love to see is either what you would call the Millennium Party or the Internet Party for people who –
1: Oh, just get the Pirate Party. Let's uh, be done with it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then we could have the Ninja Party as the uh, other party in the two-party system. It'd be fucking great. Um, uh, Pirates versus Ninjas, God. But um, I don't know. It, it's it's complicated. And there there needs to be incentive
1: to pass uh, con- uh, consumer protection laws, and there really isn't right now.
3: Well, and the way it goes is uh, the Republicans, by and large, and not all Republicans are like this. I understand that. The Republicans, by and large they're a bit more business friendly, so they don't really want to burn bridges. Um, And the Democrats, they have other issues to work on uh, for social reform that don't necessarily include consumer protection laws because they're looking to get um, even the most basic level of uh, progressive thought into this country. So it's just one of those uh, issues that neither side really wants to either acknowledge or deal with. And that's going to come back and bite people in the arse once uh, people figure out that you can make mines out of arse. All right. Sorry. That was, that was a <laughs> of joke. Um, that's going to come around and bite people in the arse once, uh, you know, the shit starts hitting the fan. And that is a big problem. <sighs> Let me put it this way. I think our leaders need to play more chess and, um, less, and less checkers. Uh, I was going to say less crossword puzzles because well, that's the difference right now. They're filling in the problems that they know about and it takes them a little while to reach the solution. And sometimes what they fill in isn't right, so they have to go back and change it. Versus chess, you have to think three or four moves ahead.
1: Well, I was going at uh, a very simple uh, <laughs> a board game instead where they're more reactionary than anything else.
3: Sure. That would also work. I don't know. Um... Vote Bartoszik 20... <laughs> Shit, when can I run 12 years from now? 2028. Bartoszik
1: 2028. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think either of us would ever uh, be able to <laughs> get enough support, because we're not in the pocket of biz- uh, big business.
3: Well, you're not. I work for a Fortune 400 company. <laughs> you, you just hack uh, uh
1: your company's uh, website to support you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, and in all seriousness, oh Christ, I guess we're going down this path. In all seriousness, probably the biggest problem I see in our system right now is the amount of uh, lobbying that takes place simply because it pulls focus away from constituencies and towards being um, pro-whatever is being lobbied to Congress people. The fact of the matter is that we have this very public, very open form of what is essentially corruption, and that is a massive problem for people being actually invested in a representative government. That, the Electoral College, and... Just the amount of bloat that the government has right now is a massive problem, not to mention the government does things against its own best interest. For sake of example, um, for each dollar that you invest in um, tax return enforcement, you yield six back For the government. And yet, when the people start having uh, concerns about the IRS has gotten a little bit too bloated and they're becoming inefficient, what do they do? Well, they cut the funding to that, which is not the right move. (laughs) If this thing needs more money and it gets you money and you want to make it simpler, you do not cut their funding. That's not what it's uh, fucking political. Well, also
1: bringing it back to lobbyists.
3: uh, the issues that have the lobbyists are usually
1: the ones that have the most money because they can pay the lobbyist in order to draw attention to those issues.
3: Absolutely. And so even that's then-
1: part of the reason why you're not really going to see really strong consumer protection laws in this country, unless, you know, a group makes it a group of, of consumers makes a, a lobbyist group because you know, there's no reason that a big business would want consumer protection
3: laws. Yeah. It's like, oh, your freezer caught on fire. That's weird. Uh, sucks to be <laughs> you, bro. Uh, um,
1: it's a feature. It, <laughs> it, a... it defrosts the steaks uh, automatically.
3: <laughs> you wanted steak tonight, right, it's... Well It smells like human steak. Anyways, um, but mm, no, long no, no, pork. Gross. In all seriousness, <laughs> hmm, blue, uh, blue mountain oysters. Um, uh, in all seriousness. uh, yeah, that that is a big problem where the bar to entry for political influence is so high that uh, the layperson can't really influence a decision unless they're, well, influential. I don't know. A representative democracy was definitely an easy way to do things um, even a 100 years ago. But now with the advent of connectivity and technology, it would be a lot easier to pull people on things. And yes, I understand that opens up its own can of worms with security and hacking and all this other shit. That is a talk for another AMA. So what are you doing after this? Uh, I've got another four hours free.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll take it. You want to wrap things up then looking at the time. It's probably a good idea.
3: Probably. Um, I guess the one thing I do want to do before we wrap this up, uh, if you will humor me, oh boy. is I, did start this off as an ama uh so i will open this up to you asking any sort of uh legal question about uh anything we've talked about or anything that we have failed to talk
1: about all right uh do you want to have them send that to you directly on twitter or send it into the show
3: um i would like uh how about this? How about um the next question of the week? So for the week after December sixteenth.
1: Yeah, that'll be uh the question of the week that goes out December 16th then. Because right. I imagine this is going to be in the next podcast.
3: I would unless hope so. Something
1: unless something absolutely major happens, yeah. Uh yeah. Sean Murray's found uh dead with his head stuck up the asshole of a of a hook or somewhere.
3: Oh, you've graduated from Taint. I was about to give you shit sure about that. <laughs> Well, you dove in too far. (laughs) Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah. And even then, I mean, people like longer podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I don't understand why, really. (laughs) It gives me something to listen to while I'm, you know, working for company.
1: Yeah. We get yelled at when we don't, uh, but a three-hour podcast. (laughs) you
3: will get yelled at for me. Two hours, three hours, five minutes. I'll listen to it. I don't care.
1: Uh, but uh, I guess send it to the show, and uh, well, I'll uh, make it the question of the week. Uh, uh, what uh, legal issues do you want to hear Kyle talk about? And I guess we'll have him back uh, probably after New Year's, actually.
3: Yeah, that sounds about right because you guys have uh the awards that you have to do as well as um just an incredibly tight schedule. My schedule tightens way up towards the end of the year, so
1: yeah, our schedule uh, uh the next episode is the last uh normal episode of the year, then. We have the All Awards, and then uh, the Game Club for Crimson Skies.
3: Okay. And I guess this would be a proper time to announce I'm throwing a New Year's Eve party. Come <laughs> on over. Have fun finding me. In all seriousness, if you do manage to find me and you do manage to come over, I'll pour you a drink if you're of legal <laughs> age. I don't care.
1: Yeah, but the uh, problem is Grief doesn't have a choice but to show
3: up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Hold up, let me uh let me put a couple more nails in on this crate. Mmm, mm, jambalaya, delicious. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: but uh, thanks for uh joining us. And uh, I guess back to the uh, well, semi live portion of the podcast where <laughs> <laughs> Jared's wondering what the hell are we going to talk about next because we already filled up most of the time. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, Kyle.
3: There you go, Jared. You get to be a little lazier this week. <laughs> Alright, it's been fun. I'll see you later, Rage.
0: Alright, well, that was Rage and Kyle, which feels weird to say, the Rage part, (laughs) because he's right here, but whatever.
3: Yeah,
1: that uh, kind of came up with well, uh, Kyle was going to have some issues uh, recording with us today, and this is the last normal episode, well, normal for us at least, until New Year's, because we have the VGL Awards next week, and then game club the week after yeah so it was going to be he had to be this week and there was no way to get him on for tuesday and uh, to be fair i didn't ask you but i also knew that your scheduler was going to be very tight and it was just really trying to get kyle
0: yeah i mean it's fine i'm not upset i'm you know i made a little joke at the beginning but i don't care
1: that, and I was a little vague on my uh, wording of uh, the email, so you ended up trying
0: to edit what I already edited. Yeah, I opened this <laughs> this uh, single-track audio file, and I'm like, did Kyle or Rage do something that was like an hour long? And I got to listening to it, and I was like, okay, so they're both in this. Uh, it sounds uh, pretty d- good. Did you open mine
1: first or Kyle's? Because uh, there was two emails, and I never took Kyle's out of the email.
0: No, I opened yours. I never touched Kyle's. Ah. Uh. I figured that they were related, so I just went straight to yours. Oh, but uh, yeah. So good talk, guys. Good talk. Yeah, Made have fun. you uh,
1: listened to, uh, to the entire thing? I know you ended up listening to ten minutes trying to figure no, out I listen, if I I editing to the editing or not. <laughs> I listened the whole thing. I mean, uh, I, do you have any comments? Uh, you already know the question of the week as well. So, well, for uh, this week,
0: yeah. I no. No, I mean, you made a lot of the comments that I would have made as you guys were talking, and I um, don't really have much to add to anything, really. All Plus, right, well, I'm... we'll be having Kyle
1: back probably in January uh, with uh, community questions and uh, probably
0: talking more law stuff. Yeah. And like I said, he's supposed to be here next week for the VGL Awards, so you'll get to hear some more of him soon, hopefully. As long as nothing happens. We haven't wow, that sounds ominous. We haven't officially locked that in yet. Both of them were like, yeah, we can we can do it. And we were like, great. But we haven't, like, made it, like, double-checked with them. Like, okay, is this for real? Like, are we good?
2: For
1: realsies?
0: It's, yeah, for realsies. <laughs> I guess
1: we'll yeah, just have I, to find I out guess, next week. I guess uh, anything Law was on the docket, we're going to have to save for Kyle, or at least uh, keep a copy of it.
2: Yeah.
1: Which we do have a few things, so... Uh, Speaking of which, let's uh, keep moving on. Well, this was a, like a host. This is one of our personal topics. Yeah, which this may end up in the uh, the uh, Franken episode if we end up going way, way, way too long, which we have
0: been. <laughs> yeah. So my question was, I, I thought of this a couple of weeks ago when I was going over stuff for uh, the VGL Awards, but I was thinking, how have we changed in a year of gaming podcasting? So that was kind of a vague question, but in my mind, I was thinking, like, how have we changed as gamers? How do we, like, have we changed the way that we see games or play games from having talking about it so much every week? Um, and, you know, have there been any other changes that we've observed in ourselves? Because um, you said uh, that you were getting better at doing, um, like, your yeah, Sunday for- sampl- sampler and Let's Plays and stuff just because you're getting used to talking a lot more and it's been helping you. When yeah, you not to say yourself.
1: that I've ha that I hadn't uh, been practicing well essentially uh talking to myself in general, but it's more just be able to uh string together thoughts and uh think a little bit more quicker on the fly. Granted, there are pauses, there are times I go set the hair go uh um uh, uh <laughs> but they're a lot more infrequent compared to when I started doing YouTube, uh well, actually about two years ago now. Yeah. So there is that progression that I can see. And I have really noticed it with the Sunday Sampler because it's not just me making comments on the gameplay. It's my thoughts overall on the game. And that's really reflecting what we talk about in the very beginning of this when we talk about what we played for the week. Because yeah. I start to get into the more technical side of things while you talk more about your gameplay.
2: Yeah,
0: And, and that's I mean,
1: essentially the audio version of the Sunday Sampler.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's... That's how we we each are as well. Like, I mean, bad mechanics can absolutely ruin a game for me, but I'm much more about the experience. And you're very, like, detailed and technical. And not that the experience, you know, your gaming experience can't be ruined by, like, a terrible story or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you tend to do okay as long as the mechanics and the, and the actual... gameplay is there. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if this has got, like, one thing that really hooks me, you know, most of the rest of the game could probably be shit and... Yeah, you could uh, probably
1: overlook the technical aspects uh, because of Talking Corn and Maze, for example.
0: Yeah, Talking Corn is like, that's a a big enough novelty that would probably make up for most of the bad things that you mentioned. And then the game has other good points, so I'd I'd be fine, probably.
1: Well, the thing is that the Talking Corn in that uh, game uh, doesn't appear at least all that often. Well, poo. I could think of, let's see, the... One really good uh, section of it, uh, about an hour in, where you really first meet them. Uh, you get a quick glimpse of them uh, when you first start up the game, but it's one of those blink if you miss and, and you can miss it sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, I'm trying to think, you beat the bad guy, uh, uh, t- uh, sentient corn, <laughs> uh, probably about another forty-five minutes later.
0: Yeah. I think for me, a change I've noticed in myself in the way that I play games over the past year is um, a shift in mindset. So, what, before I started reviewing games a few years ago, uh, I just played. I played games for achievements, not necessarily like the "ooh, I got whatever gamer score," but like I would. I would just play hardcore. You know, I wanted to beat everything on the hardest difficulty. I wanted to complete everything to hundred percent. And I mean, I did really like getting achievements, you know, on Xbox for gamer score and on Steam for my completion rate, but, you know, I was like, gotta beat everything. Gotta get it, like, yeah. 100% perfect. And then when I did reviews, I shifted to a very critical view of doing games. Like, I was really, like, digging into them. Um, and now, I I play games very intentionally, but it, it's hard to describe. I play games, like, very intentionally. Like, I, I purposefully play every game, like... Okay, is this a good game? Is it going to be something that'll that'll uh, provide conversation on the podcast? Is it something that I'm going to enjoy? But I don't care if I if I don't finish games anymore. I don't care if I don't beat a game on hard or you know insane mode or whatever you know. And I don't care about achievements. There's a few games that I, I really like like uh, Transport Fever and Train Fever for their achievement systems. Um, but that's because that those achievements are designed to challenge you. And okay, well, well,
1: well, I'm going to interrupt you here for one moment. Sure. There is one point in Portal 2's single player. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but make sure you have achievements turned on, you have your overlay turned on, and you'll know the moment. Okay. Um, that, That's all I'm going to say about it, because it is a, uh, it's one of those moments. It's probably the moment for me in Portal 2. And unfortunately, it's also yeah one of those things that only appear once unless you use a Steam hack to remove that achievement.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I always have my overlay turned on, so I'll, uh, it'll pop up. But, anyways, you know, so back to what I was saying, like the the achievements in Transport and Train Fever are designed to encourage you to try new things um, and and challenge your own personal limits to to be better, and that really hits my. Um, you know, the part of me that's like a maximum efficiency. Uh, but so the way that I'll play games now is very much just like I want to enjoy them and I want to be sure that they're good conversation topics, because if they're not, then, you know, why would I play them? Because, I, you know, I run a podcast that talks about video games.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, well, uh, well, let's go all the way back to when I started my YouTube channel, because me starting my YouTube channel was uh, partly be one of your share games and, you know, uh, uh, talked about, well, uh, t- games I enjoyed or it were having fun with playing. But it was also a way for me to stick with a game and to see it to completion. Granted, not, you know, 100% completion, well, usually. Uh, but, you know, just getting through a game because I have a bad habit of playing a game for a while and then stopping. Like, for example, I'm about two-thirds of the way through South Park the Stick of Truth. And it's just I'm at a point where I'm having to uh, kind of uh, redo a lot of things on my character because I I set up my character in such a way that I suddenly hit a bunch of resistances. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just, you know, gonna uh, take me some time to figure out how to play that game again. And if I was doing a YouTube uh, series on it, I would uh, have that motivation to continue playing. Right, But that kind of changed uh, again when I came into the, uh, doing the podcast, partly just to kind of uh, do more variety, because honestly, the YouTube was uh, uh, just really what I was playing at the time. And that's why I originally went to two and then three series was to kind of add more variety, because I was starting to feel a little bit of a burnout just playing one game at a time. Right. And also, well, I usually try to keep my games varied, so... You'll see me if I'm doing a a FPS on uh, one series, I would avoid doing an FPS on the other series. I would try to make it as uh, different as I could. Yeah. But now I'm trying to add more variety, and that's partly why I'm adding games Mm -hmm. that I pick up and either play for a little bit or uh, games that I may be uh, trying for the Sunday sampler, but. uh, don't really feel as motivated to play see a disoriented uh, last time and just trying to add a little bit more variety to what I'm playing and what I talk about yeah so it's kind of uh, mixing back in my pre-youtube <laughs> self uh where I'm just picking up games and playing them for a bit yeah
0: I've noticed I mean I've another thing I I've, I've always liked the type of games that I that I play a lot now. I've always liked those games, but it, they were always huge time investments to basically com, you know, be a completionist in. And I found myself really hardcore gravitating to those types of games in this past year. I mean Factorio, Train Fever, Transport Fever, Eve Online, uh now Divinity. Now Divinity, yeah. And even the way that I played Skyrim when we did that for for Game Club, I mean, those are some of the the games that I've played the most this year. And they all kind of share this, like, make your own story, do your own thing, build up your own stuff. And I I mean, I have burnt out on a couple of them after playing them for like 150 hours. But (laughs) I actually experience a lot less burnout now than I used to.
1: Well, you're also forced to play something new each month now, and well, before it was every couple weeks. Yeah. So.
0: Speaking of which, have you gotten uh, Crimson Skies working? <laughs> um. No, but it's not because like, it it's because I haven't done it yet. Okay. It's not because, because it's sure. like broken. I need to do it. I've actually got got it downloaded, got the ISO downloaded. I just have to mount it and all that jazz, but I have not done that yet. But. I also, another thing, uh, I'm incredibly, incredibly, well, I don't know if I'd say incredibly flamboyant, but I'm really? pretty I'm pretty out there. Uh, and I've always been that way, but something about the podcast, like, makes me feel empowered to not even, like, hold back at all, ever. Um, also, so, this is 100% Jared. Got it. This is 100% Jared all the time. And, I mean, it would come out in real life, usually when I was just hanging out with my friends or whatever, but... Or, you know, just at home with Katie being weird or whatever. But generally oh, wow. in pl- public, I would hold back, but I don't hold back anymore. I have no inhibitions. Unless Katie's well, with me more... and she's, like, punching me. Like, stop <laughs> it. Or shooting you with Shut Nerf up. Do what? Or shooting you with a Nerf gun.
1: Yeah, or that too. So. Yeah, for me, it's uh, kind of the opposite. that I'm uh, very reserved, usually, and very antisocial.
0: So this is more pushing me out there. Well, I didn't say I was an antisocial. I've said on here multiple times, like, this and the streams is, like, enough socializing for me to be happy. But, I mean, I am always this, this way when I'm with people, so. But that, that's been nice. It's been really nice. It's always good to have a place where you can just be yourself. And particularly with my, my job, I have to, I have to present a certain amount of calmness and stability. Yeah. Um, and not like craziness, but <laughs> even even in counseling, over the last year, I've become a lot more uninhibited. It's actually worked out really well for me. It helps to improve the relationship I have with my clients because they know that I'm being me. They know I'm being real. And that makes a huge difference in in doing counseling with most people. I mean, some people are turned off by it, but that's okay. You know, they just... They get referred to someone else. As someone that wears pants. <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, I do wear wear clothes most of the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just remember for the VGL Awards, just a bow tie does not count as a tux.
0: Well, I mean, they do call it your birthday suit, so... <laughs> I've learned a lot of skills while I've done this, too. Like, before... Like, I really had never edited audio before. Like, I mean, I had done this stuff for Kerbalcast, but that was way different. The scale was a lot smaller. Um, the equipment, I was... Like, I just didn't care. You know? Like, I would send in whatever quality, and they could fix it if they wanted to, or run it if they didn't want to fix it. But, you know, I joke about being lazy, but I do a lot of work on the show, and I've learned a lot about editing.
1: Yeah, I know that you do a... Uh, a- a fair amount of work on the audio side yes, I know you leave a lot of stuff in as well so yeah but uh for me it's refined skills that I already had but it's not really added anymore to the, my repertoire I mean yeah. even the editing that I did for this episode it's uh just a little bit more than what I usually would do or that I did I sh- guess I should say it's a little disappointing to use the past tense on that for Kerbal Cast yeah yeah you know, just uh cutting out a little bit here and there and uh doing uh trump k audio and you know send it off
0: yeah yeah we've uh we've really evolved out of that um you know we started off like hugely referencing it the only audience members that we had yeah. excuse me the only audience members we had came from Kerbalcast um, and we've really branched out and created our own brand. That's that's definitely something that's changed this past year. We've really come into our own. Yeah,
1: I think I would have been really disappointed. Uh, Well, even more disappointed uh, had we not the podcast before Carbocast, well, committed suicide. Yeah. Because we had uh, a couple months uh, overlap there.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, they were really slowing down during that couple months. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of times that, you know, they, uh,
1: you know. I have recorded something, then uh, Biff told me, oh, what well, we're now doing a show this week. Fuck.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you know that we've almost caught them in episode numbers?
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing is that we're consistent on our episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which, uh, well, we should talk about this.
1: Uh, technically, this is the 50-second recording that we've done. Yeah. Well, well, uh, well the 50-second, uh, well, not recording, but episode we're putting out because that also includes the pilot episode but also the franken content as well so technically the it's not the 52nd and we're still a couple off from that
0: but for the 52nd episode of VGL that's the VGL awards right yeah because our pilot episode was the the gaming rageologist podcast which yeah. sounded great at the time but thinking about it I'm so glad uh, we did not yeah, stay uh, with that a little cringy. Yeah.
1: yeah which uh uh, a couple months later i thought of another name that's probably already taken what was it uh binary brain binary but okay. that sounds that sounds more like a, just a tech oriented podcast than a gaming podcast
0: yeah i mean we do some tech stuff but yeah i'm doing a quick google search <laughs> see, see i'm i would be surprised if it's uh, not taken um i actually don't see it I'd have huh. to do some more detailed searching on podcast apps to double check um, but at least from my Google I'm actually surprised search, that's not taken. There's probably some stuff pretty close to it like maybe like Brainwave yeah. podcast.
1: Oh, 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 Here's the thing is that nothing is completely unique anymore.
2: Yeah, that's there are true. way too
1: many people out there. There's way too many. Well, it's not even people out there. There's uh, so many avenues that people could have a voice that they could uh, put out their thoughts that it, yeah, there's so much noise that everything is a derivative of something else. I mean, even yeah. us, we're a derivative of uh, Kerbal
0: Cast, which is a derivative of something else, and it goes uh, on and on and on. So, Binary Brainwave is a stock trading software. Well, I just oh, the only reason why I thought of it was that the show our logo, uh,
1: our uh, the original. Prototype name was uh, Binary Brain because of the binary and the uh, uh, logo.
0: Right, that makes sense. Oh, never mind. Here it is: Binary Brainwaves Podcast. Yeah, there you go. Just had to dig a little bit deeper. I'm I'm very happy with our podcast name though. Yeah. Anyways, Grand, um, we're very illogical at times, <laughs> <laughs> just like video game logic. <laughs> Ding. Oh, gonna get a little. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, are we done here? Or...
0: <laughs> well, I have, I have one last little thing, and maybe okay. it'll be a little cringy, but I don't care. Oh no! Over the over the last year, I've made a really good friend, Aww. and that's you. The only person in my life, and you can think of this as a good thing or a bad thing as you wish, but the only person in my life that I talk to and spend more time with than you is my wife. Well, I guess my (laughs) wife and my kid. My wife and my kid.
1: Well, considering uh, even just podcasting, just what we've put out there is uh, getting close to a week worth of content now. Yeah. I actually uh, tallied it up uh, based on my YouTube uh, playlist as well
0: this episode will put us at six and a half days yeah so if we do a week a year if we can make it for 52 years we'll have an entire (laughs) year's worth of audio content that's pretty good that's pretty good
1: and, and that's assuming, of course, that we stick at uh, about uh, the three-hour mark on our podcast. Which, speaking of which, we're way over this week. Oh yeah, we're past that, that <laughs> at this point. Um, the- and here I thought I was being nice, you know, having a nice pre-recorded segment, and you'll uh, be able to get in bed early.
0: I was so excited, I was going to go to bed early, <laughs> but no, I might wind up going in bed to bed late at this point. But oh well. Oh. Say, lovey. Um. Yeah, I think the biggest problem we have with going 52 years is that one of us is probably going to die. Yeah, uh, that, that, that seems really to be a, a
1: slight problem.
0: Yeah, because you're in your, your mid-30s, and I'm in my yeah. mid to late 20s, so... I mean, I, I've got a little bit of a and leg on fat. you, but... And we're both fat, yeah. I've lost 20 pounds this year. I'm doing good. I had to uh, had to go to a funeral tonight uh some friends that we have no like no no one personally connected to me I guess but some friends mm-hmm. of ours had a loss in their family so we went to the funeral to support them and I was able to fit into pants that I haven't been able to wear in over a year <laughs> I was very excited I mean it was a tight fit I wasn't you know I wasn't a looker tonight but I was like these pants fit yay And you're just going around the entire funeral hey I haven't worn these pants in a year <laughs> Actually I didn't mention it to anybody <laughs> I, I, well, I, that's not true. I mentioned to people at the clinic today because I wore them there. I digress again. All right. Let's wrap up this and head on over to Community Corner. Thankfully, All that's right. short <laughs> this week given how long the rest of this episode is.
1: Hey, people like long episodes for some reason. I'm so tempted to release the
0: whole thing. Like, we're going to hit four hours maybe. <laughs>
1: well, I'm looking at my timer. and Well, granted, I did leave the timer running when I went to get a drink. Uh we're at about two hours, 10 minutes on the timer, So that's three hours uh, and some change. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, Let me double check the inbox before I just say this. Yep. (laughs) We don't have any. uh, Well, to be fair, we had an hour of Kyle and
1: Kyle is the serial uh, emailer to us with uh, a few others uh, appearing now and then. Yeah, so if you want to uh, be able to get on the podcast, uh, videogamelogic uh, at gmail dot com, uh, and uh, we do accept text messages as well.
0: Yep. But we do have uh, tweets and question of the week. Yep. So let's do that, Rage. Yeah, you which know, where
1: did my notes go? Did I accidentally close them? Yes, I did. Thankfully, I saved them. <laughs> Uh, the question of the week was uh, uh, coming off of just the uh, well, uh, where we were talking about thirty. What was it? Thirty-two percent of the entire Steam library uh, came from just this year. Yeah. So it was. Uh, are there too many games on Steam? <laughs> and chemist uh, said, "I've sent my default Steam page to community, so I don't even see new releases." Groove. Or me, it's the library. Uh, I don't do much in the community section. And I like to browse game announcements and friend screenshots. I run uh, all my games uh, with uh, keyboard macros. Which, that's uh, fancy. Yeah. And Groove, gotta catch them all. A lot of bullshit, though. (laughs) And that's all we have for the question of the week this week.
0: Yeah. I don't, uh... For me to answer the question, you can't Obviously answer to you. I don't think there's too many games on Steam. Choice is always a good thing. Uh, it's you know, the, the problem competition, is, the su- is the search. Right, right. They don't have a good way to comb through it. Or yep. curate it, but we really shouldn't have that discussion again yeah. for another week or two. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think the issue is not uh, uh, the number of games. It's how they uh, present them, because... Uh, games will cycle through uh, the uh, front page very quickly. And used to be that was the main uh, advertising for a lot of these small indie games, but now they're being pushed off in under a day. Yeah, And uh, they also redone that so that it's just popular new releases, and you're not even seeing all the new releases. To do that, you have to scroll all the way down and hit all new releases, and there you go. And then you're just hit with a glut of Well, let's see. Just uh, looking at this, I see four pieces of DLC for Rocksmith. So that's pushing some things down. Alone in the Dark 1 through 3 is on here, which that's, you know, from the 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, even that, just going to all new releases doesn't help because you're just getting pushed further and further back. And you have to rely on the organic search on the Discovery queue and just uh, all the uh, uh, tags working uh, correctly and uh, getting your recommendations out there. So that's the problem. And uh, trust me, I know all about the bullshit, because remember, review copies.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. for every game I uh, talk about on the Sunday Sampler, I have at least three more that I don't. And for some weeks... Uh, Especially uh, in the fall and late summer, I would get 10 plus games a week. Yeah. So, yeah, I I know, I know. Uh, It it sounds like I'm showing off, which, okay, maybe a little, but it's uh, also a barometer of just what's out there. If a small YouTuber like myself is able to get that many games and a lot of them are kind of bullshit titles. It allows me to, uh, you know, have a bit of a sample size. Right. So, uh, moving on to tweets?
0: Yep, let's move on to tweets.
1: Okay, uh, Million Lights, uh, responding to me talking about uh, Assassin's Creed being the free game for Uplay. Uh, Cool, wait, they want you to use Uplay, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I don't think Uplay is that bad. It's trying to get uh, some of the Uplay's games to work. (laughs) Because I have, out of my library on Uplay, which all of them are either games I bought on Steam that also went on Uplay, or uh, I have one that was a Uplay uh, code that I knew about, or just free games. I have two games that I can think of off the
0: top of my head that are literally broken uh, for my machine. Literally broken. Snapped and half broken. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, f- uh, for Assassin's Creed, it's definitely the f- FPS that's been snapped in half. <laughs> and then uh, Call uh uh trying to think of the subtitle of that one. The, uh, it doesn't work unless I go into the BIOS and set my uh, cores to 1. Because it doesn't like multi-cored uh, processors.
0: Well, that's stupid. I, th- I think you've talked about that before. Yeah, uh
1: yeah i had a slight rant about that uh granted it was a uh, essentially a free game i got it with a, a gift card that was uh given to me from new egg i actually have no idea why they sent me that gift card to begin with because uh, they sent it to me like two years after i bought from them uh bought my computer parts from them yeah so i nearly just yeah uh, skipped that email in general because i thought it was just an advertisement it's like well Wait, gift card. And it was like ten bucks of uh, cash that I had uh, a day to spend. So yeah, I just ended up buying. Uh, I went through their games because it was like a, a couple weeks before I was due to move, so yeah, you know, I couldn't really uh, order anything physical. Not that yeah, you know, there's a lot they could get for ten bucks uh, after shipping on it, but there's it was, there are some things that you could have gotten. But there would have been no time to get the shipping. So yeah. just, uh, going through, looking at the games and think, well, that looks decent enough. So I really can't complain about, uh, uh, too much about it because it was technically free, but you know, it's one of those things that it, they really shouldn't be selling a game that doesn't work on a modern system. In my opinion, because even, uh, GOG. Whenever they're selling these ancient games, they've gone through and made them work through either DOS ball, box or something else. Yeah. So it's no hacking, no having to go into the BIOS and turn off processor cores. It's working out of the box. But then again, if then again if Ubisoft did that, Uplay would be a fucking ghost town. Well, more so than it already is. <laughs> yeah. Because you play, or sorry, Ubisoft uh, doesn't exactly do PC ports all that well. At least in general, they have been doing better lately. But I'm going to wait and see if that becomes a something called a trend. Because right now, it seems more like a fluke. All right, so, so uh, a, a little uh, conversation between you and Kyle. So can we associate another word with uh, Jared? Dainty.
0: <laughs> yeah, baby. You
1: are a pretty princess who is a sexy kitty. I'm a sexy kitty. Yeah, which there goes a word off the fucking uh, word list. (laughs) Okay, chemist. Uh, Down to 550 uh, unread podcast episodes. Time to subscribe to three new feeds. Now I'm up to 750. Guess I'm a true podcast addict. (laughs) Ding. But, um... uh, and we have chemist uh, wrapping us up for the next couple of tweets as well Chemist bluetooth mouse bluetooth headset uh, and two uh, wireless pads no wires mostly due to three usb ports in the, no- in the notebook but also desk space I wonder if he also uh, sits there and eats blue- uh, blueberries <laughs> and he said also after four years the right headset speaker does while uh, trying to extend it Picking up a dropper move tomorrow. Excited for the hybrid connection, which he uh, already got and was showing off. I'm not sure how well that headset goes. Uh, That's something I've uh, thought about was getting a wireless headset, but uh, uh, I'm not sure what happens if the connection starts to go uh, to uh, recorded audio. So that's just me being a little cautious there, I guess. Yeah. Well, you've had a wireless headset, so maybe you could tell me if uh, any... uh, Recording
0: uh, of uh, audio hiccups happens. Yeah, it does. Um, occasionally, and it might just be that my headset is old. I've had this headset for uh, seven-ish years. Um, but anyways, every once in a while, it would just drop connection for five, ten seconds, and you know, obviously, you can't. It wouldn't record anything because it's not connected. I mean, that may have been something that's been fixed with improvements in Bluetooth technology and stuff over the last few years. But at least with my experience, it, it's not as good. I use it now just if I it's – they're a really high-quality um, – it's a really high-quality headset from Logitech. So mm-hmm. the sound quality is really high. So if I really need to listen to something, I'll use them. But I don't record with them anymore.
1: I used yes, to because yeah, it was all uh, I had,
0: but – yeah, I have a very cheap wired headset.
1: Yeah, it has a, a cord that's nine feet long. Yeah, so, uh, but they're good enough quality that uh, I have no problem with them. Yeah, I mean, if I was an audio, if I was a real audio I'd probably uh, go a little nuts because I, uh, they are a little on the cheap side. Yeah, but it's serves uh, my purpose, and uh, really, uh, I like having a headset over just headphones because. Uh, If I'm uh, talking with the good microphone, I have to be a certain distance away from it. Otherwise, it starts to have issues with audio quality or picking up a lot of uh, roominess in the audio. Yeah, And also, it is a directional mic and not an omnidirectional. So, if I'm uh, outside of its uh, cone of uh, listening, uh, the audio uh, volume just drops way down. Yeah. Which is by design. So, I have to be... Uh, if I if I want to be able to relax, I need a headset or get like a gooseneck for my boom arm and <laughs> uh, uh, reconfigure things. And that just – the headset makes more sense. Yeah. Does that and, wrap uh, us up for the tweets? Yeah. Yeah, that wraps us up for the tweets. And if you wish to join into uh, the community corner, you could – well, like I said, email us at vglpodcast at com. We accept audio letters and text letters, even though we haven't had a text letter in ages, actually, have we?
0: No, it's been a long time.
1: <laughs> well, this is what happens when we uh, pick up uh, the remnants of the uh, cast community, is that you know everybody's used to sending in audio letters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can also tweet us at VGL Podcast on Twitter. And, well, we also have the Steam Community Group as well, uh, Steam com Slash Groups, Slash VGL Podcast, and a Discord channel, which is on our uh, web page, which you could easily find over at Video Game Logic Blogspot.com. Uh,
0: have I missed any other links? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, well, that means it's time for us to go talk about our Steam weekly picks. Um, Rage, you go first.
1: Okay, well, I have one Steam and one you play, because, well, why not? It's a freebie, and it needs to be in the show notes anyway. Uh, Company of Heroes is my Steam pick. Uh, a uh, R- uh, squad-based RTS set in World War II. A very, very good game. Uh, it's not as fast-paced as uh, a lot of modern uh, RTSs. It is, is a bit of an older one, and... Uh, especially it's a lot slower paced in uh, StarCraft, but because it's squad-based, it's a lot easier to wrap your head around. But because it's also slower paced, they went on more the technical aspect of it. So uh, positioning plays a lot bigger role in it that you could uh, set up behind walls and uh, have cover there. Directional armor is uh, huge on tanks. Uh, If you take shots from the side, you're risking damage to your treads and also if you take damage from the back you're risking uh, damage to your engine which could leave you stranded until an engineer crew gets out uh, there assuming that your tank is completely destroyed Uh, like I said it is older so I wouldn't go into this expecting a multiplayer community there is still a bit of one but because it's a small community they are the diehards and they will kick your ass and the game like I said is very technical so it does have a very high skill ceiling on it. yeah. And it's not just, just killing uh, the enemy uh, uh, base, which you can do, of course. It's, uh, there is some base building in it, but not nearly as much as something like StarCraft. It's more controlling control points and getting resources. So that, that's where uh, the multiplayer is. The single-player campaign is absolutely amazing, uh, with every faction having their own campaign. Uh, And uh, actually, uh, also really different play styles. Uh, The British, uh, for example, uh, relies more on a mobile base that moves around and uh, sets up in different places. Uh Uh, While the Americans are more straightforward, I'm trying to remember what the Germans' uh, strength is. I I believe it's uh, the Blitzkrieg, you know, very fast units and quick uh, strikes and there's also a modding community that adds in other uh, factions the soviets for example which i haven't played that mod so i can't tell you exactly what it adds but mm. uh the base game uh, which is uh i would say the best deal and if you want to get your feet wet in this series it's a good place to jump in uh is 4.99 at 75% off of uh, its normal price of 19.99 which is a little expensive for how old it is but eh. And this has been Humble Bundles uh, quite a bit, so a lot of people have it. Yeah. And the Complete Pack, which uh, has its two uh, expansion packs, is also 75% off, bringing the price down to $9.24. And I would say uh, the Complete Pack is well worth it. The expansions add a lot of gameplay, uh, especially to the single player. Uh, you don't really need to worry too much about the multiplayer side of things. If you want to play multiplayer, I would suggest checking out Company of Heroes 2, but I don't have the experience for it, so I can't really tell you
0: how good or bad it is. Yeah. I really like Company of Heroes. I believe I have Company of Heroes 2, but I've never played it. I think it came with a bundle I bought or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. there there was a freebie giveaway of the multiplayer version of Company of Heroes, which I'm just trying to find. Uh, here's a... Uh, okay. Uh, Company of Heroes 2 has uh, about... 6,000 people uh, as their uh, peak in the last 24 hours while uh, Company of Heroes has a peak in the last 24 hours of 180 people. Yeah. So the multiplayer scene is obviously going to be a lot more lively on the uh, newer one, but uh, if you haven't played this type of game before, I would say just play Company of Heroes and play the single player because it does a really good job of uh, challenging you and setting up interesting
0: scenarios. Yeah. Okay, well, my first game this week is American Truck Simulator. Uh, if you like Euro Truck Simulator, this is basically that, except with in America, with American-style uh, semi-trucks. I have not actually played this, but I have watched several Let's Plays from... or uh, Let's Play series from people that I, I really like. Um, and it really is pretty much the same. There's been some improvements to... Graphics and some some improvements to the AI of the other cars that drive around on the road, and there's been some extra little features added, just like a couple extra things you can do at gas stations and stuff like that. But I mean, it's basically the same game. So
1: yeah, I've always heard people uh, talk you about whenever you compare Euro Truck and American Truck Simulator, they say get the the game that you're least familiar with the landscape. So if you're American, get Euro Truck. If you're uh, European or European and British now since they're separate <laughs> uh, then get a American Truck Simulator. That way you have a far less familiar landscape to drive through because that's really the thing. Yeah. Uh, 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 gameplay-wise they are very, very similar. I mean, you're, uh, how uh, different can you make driving from point A to point B with, uh, dragging a trailer behind you? Yeah. I mean, there are a few differences, but in
0: it's more the setting than anything else. Still, it's a good game, and made by a great studio. Uh, it's not a super big discount. It's only 30% off at thirteen ninety nine. Well, it's also a
1: very new game. I was
0: going to say, it just came out this year, so... Um, definitely worth your time. Alright, what's your other game, Rage?
1: Okay, my other game, I'm going to mention uh, Assassin's Creed 3 again. Uh, mostly just because it's free, and... Yes, I did have problems with the non-technical aspect, and I really didn't care about the intro. And I didn't play enough to try to get past the intro, but it is a freebie game, and I would feel remiss if I didn't throw it out there, even though I did tweet about it.
0: Yeah. As someone who's beaten Assassin's Creed 3, there's a lot of stuff in there. Assassin's Creed 3 really lays the groundwork for the rest of the Assassin's Creed series. Mm Um and there's a lot of stuff in there that if you've played later Assassin's Creed games and never this one, it even at free, it might not be worth your time. Because, I mean, this game starts a lot of stuff that's done much better in the later games. But if you're looking to round out the series, I mean, it's it's a, a good game. It's not particularly broken in the same way that the new ones are. I mean, Rage is having performance issues and other people are as well. But it's not like, oh my god, I can see through that guy's face. Or the water is flashing, it's going to give me a seizure. Yeah,
1: there, yeah there's a lot of... Uh, you could see where the problems from the later Assassin's Creed's are getting more and more complex are coming from. Where it's all the little things So are glitching out in Assassin's Creed 3.
0: Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, as someone who... Did not experience the problems that Rage did, because I played it on console at the time. Uh, well, also,
1: uh, you have... Well, in, until recently, you had
0: uh, an NVIDIA build, so you wouldn't have had that problem anyway. Yeah. So, it's a fun game. Uh, the story is, you know, Assassin's Creed, so weird, and it's pretty uncomprehensible even if you know the, the rest of the series. But the different setting, uh, the the American setting is really interesting. Uh, the Revolutionary War, really interesting. And yeah, uh, I think
1: once you get uh, into it a bit more, it uh, uh, opens up a lot more. It's just,
0: it was starting to open up
1: when I got there. Oh, and I didn't even mention uh, how somewhat cringeworthy the, uh, they introduced the, uh, essentially the Collection Quest, where you bump into Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin.
0: He's awesome.
1: Uh, it, it was just so cringeworthy. Yeah, it, if you happen to find these random pages, I, I, it's like you're, you're you're doing this. You're 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 giving me a fucking fetch quest to find random pages strewn across the map by Benjamin Fucking Franklin. It's all right though, because Benjamin Franklin, yo. Well, to be fair, uh, Benjamin uh, is fucking Franklin. I mean, he, he fucked everyone. <laughs> yeah, he did. So yeah, it, uh, it's just it was kind of cringe worthy, but at the same time. I think I was already, well, I don't think, I was already in a bad mood (laughs) dealing with the game. And as soon as I saw my my friend just tank uh, getting to Boston, it's like, okay, we're pretty much done here. Then Benjamin Franklin shows up and talks about a a collection quest.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, my next game is uh, Victory at Sea. Boy, I
1: really painted that in a good light.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep. Anyways, my next game is Victory at Sea. Uh, quite similar to Battlefleet 2, which I mentioned, I believe, last week. I don't know. The last time we had Steam Weekly deals was when I talked about Battlefleet 2. Uh, similar game. World War II um, game. Uh, a lot of strategy elements in it. Um, but the main difference between this and Battlefleet 2 is that this is more uh, real-time strategy s- style, whereas Battlefleet 2 is turn-based. So... It's got ship customization to a degree. I mean, you can't, like, build your own ships or anything, but you can customize... Not with that, (laughs) attitude. You can customize um, the weapons on your ships and and upgrade things like uh, radars and change out um, aircraft squadrons on carriers and stuff like that. But anyways, uh, it's got this interesting sort of, like, leveling and nemesis system. So the main difference, the the big main difference in the overall maps is in Battlefleet 2 it's kind of risk style with tiles that basically you move your fleet into. And if there's another fleet, you fight it and all that jazz in victory at sea. It's just an overworld map and you click and your, your fleet moves around. um, And there's different captains that are different levels based on like the types of ships that they have. And you can get rivals, uh, you know, other captains that are like, Oh, Oh, it is you again. That, that was racist. Um, and they will specifically try I
1: didn't realize the Japanese were uh, uh, that bad oh that's my uncle Uh, (laughs) I mean damn Uh, Um, but anyway sorry go ahead I'm trying to remember uh, uh, there was a really really famous actor who uh, uh, did uh, essentially yellow face and uh, and
0: it kind of followed him for the rest of his career Uh, now I'm going to have to go look for this hang on Okay. Um, but anyway, so they will try and track you down on the map and fight you again because, you know, they're upset that you beat them and you're now their rival. Uh, and it's it's got kind of an open interpretation to World War II. I'm not sure how far you can push the game, but I have gone past the actual time in history when World War II ended uh, and have still been fighting the Japanese in the Pacific. So I don't know how far you can actually go, but... I mean, it just basically lets you roam around, and you start out as a a fleet captain with only a few ships, and by the end of the game, you know, you're an admiral, and you're controlling a huge fleet of, you know, carriers and battleships and all kinds of stuff. It's got a really large selection of ships as well. Lots of different classes from the 30s to the mid to late 40s by the time you okay, finish okay. the game. It was,
1: it was Mickey Rooney doing Yellowface Face in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. I I remember the uh, uh uh the movie. I just I was blanking on uh the uh the uh Actor. actor's name because I couldn't. Uh, there was no way I was going to remember the uh, neighbor. But yeah, it, an extremely extremely uh, racist interpretation of, of Japanese in uh, the sixties. Yeah, it, it reminded me of that like instantly. <laughs> And if you want to cringe a little bit at uh, you know just how stereotypical uh, we depicted the Japanese, just take a look
0: at those scenes. Whew. Yeah. So this game, or just listen to Jared. <laughs> oh, that's my uncle. You want vegetable? You'll fry. Rye? Okay, I'm done being <laughs> racist now. Um, normally the game at is least 20... for now. Yeah, normally the game is seventy or is twenty five bucks. It's seventy five percent off at six twenty five. Fun game. Now, I'm going to slightly derail, because really? I mentioned building ships. If you want a naval game that is inc- has an incredible shipbuilding system, just get you an emulator, a PlayStation 2 emulator, and uh, get Naval Ops Commander and Naval Ops Warship Gunner 2. Those games have full-fledged shipbuilding systems where you can place like all your guns and your engines... And it starts out, you know, they encourage you to, to stick to convent, you know, traditional conventions, but by the end of the game, when you get to the sci-fi portion, it's like, go crazy, and you can mount, like, a hundred lasers on your ship. And You may want to put that uh, on the show notes so I could uh, put in, the, well, show notes. Yeah, I will, I will do that. I mean, it's not on Steam. Like I said, you have to get a PS2 emulator or own a PS2, but it's one of the only, those are two of the only games that I play on my uh, PlayStation emulator whenever I play it. I usually play them once a year. I'll play them all the way through they're they're great. The gameplay is awesome. The ship building mechanics are awesome. The voice acting is cringe worthy. The stories are all i mean they're anime basically it's an anime game before anime games were popular. It's great. love it
1: well uh there's also of course gratuitous space battles, yeah. But Uh, granted, it's more about it's mostly the ship. Well, I shouldn't say mostly. Well, well, they do have a campaign mode, but it's pretty much uh, about shipbuilding. And then it turns into a screensaver as you watch the fight.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of of sci fi games that have great shipbuilding systems for for spaceships. But as far as I know, there's no games like the Naval Ops series with how detailed you can get with your shipbuilding.
1: Yeah, probably the closest I could come with it is, I would say, gratuitous tank battles, but that's tanks and not ships. But yeah. outside of the sci-fi
0: genre. Yeah. So, I'll be sure to find something on those. At the very least, I'll give you Wikipedia links, but I'll actually try and find the, uh, the ROMs. It shouldn't be hard. Uh, but, you know, if sites have gone away or whatever, it might take a little bit of time to find them. But, anyways. So that does it for... Uh, our steam weekly deals recommendations, which means it's time to move on to the portion of the podcast where I go first. Um, coming up on on, coming, blah, 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 coming up on my YouTube channel this week. <laughs> uh, there's going to be, well, the E video is already out. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, there's going to be divinity. I've gotten all the way through episode six. Well, from where we left off to episode six. Um, and I, just because of, like, the Christmas craziness, I didn't get to to schedule anything last week. So all of that stuff is getting scheduled for this week. Um, so I'll and be... I think you're going to release all the episodes and get ahead of me again. I'll be... I'll, I don't think so. I've still got the the rest of the Portal 2 episodes to release as well, and they're all done uh, and uploaded. I just didn't have time to schedule them earlier, otherwise I would have. But those will be coming out in some amounts over the next week or two. Um... And that's really it for the YouTube channel. I haven't had time to sit down and do any reviews like I thought I was going to just because we got into house projects and getting stuff ready for Christmas. So uh, I wouldn't expect one of those until after the new year. I mean, maybe if I get a chance. Uh, I'm not going to say that like I'm definitely not going to do it, but I would not be looking for it. Uh, but if you want to go find or follow me on YouTube, subscribe to me on the YouTubes. You can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. And you'll find me right there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about all the random things all the time, you can do so at JMA4707. Um, you might be privy to to tweets like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I played EVE Online again.
1: Spanking Tom. <laughs> uh,
0: if you want to watch me stream games, uh, well, that's going to come to a near screeching halt for the, the holiday season. But afterwards, if you go over to twitch.tv slash JArthur4707 you will be able to subscribe to me and watch me stream games. Uh, plus, if you want to be my friend on Steam, I accept all friend requests that I get and just assume that you guys listen to the podcast. You can do so by sending your friend request to jarthur4707. I will accept it. And um, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but we you know, have been picking up new viewers or new listeners, I guess, and uh, hopefully continue to pick up listeners and because, Which is a
1: little bit of a shock considering this episode.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, I am a therapist. If you ever need to talk about something, you don't know where to go or who to talk to, you don't feel like you have anybody in your life who can, or if you're just looking for a little help, somebody to point you in the right direction, please if you don't, feel free to contact me. I'm a marriage and family therapist, and I had actually two people talk to me this past week. Obviously, no names or anything, but two people talked to me this past week and got some help. And... That's just something that I do for you for you guys, because I love you. I love our little community here. Aww. I want to, to be a big community, but regardless of your size, I love you.
1: And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode you just listened to when you added them, the password for this week is insidious.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Insidious. <laughs> Yeah, I was inspired by our talk with the uh, video games uh, with the uh, how things have kind of gone downhill with triple uh, A's.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a good word. Insidious is a good word. All right. What's coming up for you, Rage?
1: Uh, Well, I'm in mid-series on just about everything. So there's not a lot new to talk about. Uh Space Marine is, I would say, coming into its last uh, act. So, I'm expecting it to end maybe by the uh, New Year's. I'm not sure on that. If not, then it's going to be January. I'm going to replace it. I I talked about uh, possibly uh, Shadow of Mordor. I'm not sure on that, though. I, I have, like I said, two games there that I'm thinking about. And... I'm still going to enter the choosing and see if there's anything else that I want to play because, yeah, that's really the only series that uh, is rotating around now because uh, the other two, uh, RimWorld, it just resets. And I'm actually uh, looking at a new series on RimWorld coming up, mostly buying time for Alpha 16 on RimWorld, which is changing a lot in that game. So I'm really looking forward to playing Alpha 16. Uh, this is The upcoming series is likely to be the last series in Alpha 15, or no, even Alpha 15, and Alpha 14. I never did an Alpha 15 build because there was a couple of mods that just didn't update until very late. And at this point, it doesn't make sense to do you know, one series in Alpha 15 and then build another new set of mods. So it's more just buying time to just uh, get through Alpha 14. uh and wait for alpha 16 to come out probably by the end of the year there. Right. And of course Divinity Original Sin is probably looking at uh assuming that we don't get bored of the game or you know hit a, a dead end which is possible with these games because it is a CRPG that we could get into a no win scenario. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, have to go so far back that it doesn't make sense to, you know, really continue the series, which is always a danger with these games, particularly when we're going in fairly blind. I mean, I do understand a bit of the mechanics and you've been working on that as well. Yeah. But there's always the possibility that, you know, we could hit something that just prevents us from continuing on. Sort of like how we got, or we could just get burnt out like we did in Terraria. So, uh, I'm expecting that to last up until probably about June. <laughs> right. Because that is a very, very long game. And, of course, well, the podcast comes out on Fridays at noon on the channel, and the Sunday Sampler is, as always, completely random on when it shows off, as you may have guessed by just what games I talk about on here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I talked about Sentient Corn this week. How much more random can I get, really?
0: <laughs> I suppose we'll find out.
1: Uh, I think I know what I'm going to be playing this week, though. Um, uh, I usually try to keep things fairly uh, uh, fresh and also interesting games, oh, yeah, like Ascension Corn. <laughs> uh, well, Maze, I guess I should use the proper name for it. Yeah. Uh, and I do have an interesting twitch on a racing game that i'm taking a look at that i may be doing for this week if not then i'll at least talk about on the podcast if it's not that though you'll uh, find out what it is on sunday at noon for the sunday sampler you can find that over at gaming with caffeine rage on youtube or if you wish to see me just tweet about random things like me complaining that uh I can't believe that, well, actually I can believe that they added monster transactions to the uh, remaster of Call of Duty, <laughs> and that it's a little sad that it's hardly surprising. You can find that over at Gaming with CR, and I'm not streaming yet, I'm playing with the idea of it. Uh, I'm going to be waiting until I get a secondary monitor, because it makes life a lot easier for tw- uh, streaming. So, I'll talk about that possibly in the new year if I decide to do that. I may just not have the time because YouTube does eat up a lot of time. Yeah, it does. Particularly when you're crazy like me and have three YouTube series going, plus, well, I should say four, plus the podcast. And one of the uh, uh, series has double episodes. So, I'm releasing ten videos a week. Oh, and also on my YouTube channel, I just remembered... Uh, this past, well, actually, it was probably last week, and I just didn't catch it until this week. I passed 15,000 views. Nice. Granted, a lot of people aren't sticking around, but I'm uh, getting the views. So I do have that going for me, which is nice. (laughs) Uh, and I think that wraps that up. Alrighty then. So, uh, we're still throwing out a uh, big thanks to the Internet Archive, even though I have uh, started switching us over to uh, run off of Podbean. So the uh, hosting is coming from there still, or from uh, from Podbean instead of the Internet Archive. Even though you are uploading it
0: there for the cheeky little monkeys. Indeed, we've got two more episodes until we'll be done with that. We're yeah, then just uh, I guess the you're. Year. Then I guess you're just going to send me a
1: Dropbox link. Yep. And then Kyle's going to be sitting there trying to hack your Dropbox. Dropbox, yeah. <laughs> which, I, uh, which, if you set it up right, you could just set it uh, so that it's very easy for him to do that. But it requires <laughs> you to be nice. Yeah, the question is, will I be nice? <laughs> or if you wanted to be very nice, you could just share that folder with him.
0: I could do that. That would be incredibly nice.
1: Yeah, but you have been naughty lately. I've been very naughty. <laughs> Spanking Tom. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, But yeah, we have uh, started the transition over to Podbean. I'm uh, probably going to be rewriting our intro to the show notes because uh, Podbean is a very, very different format and uh, it just doesn't look as good. And I'm also going to be toying around with fonts a lot because the default font kind of sucks on Podbean. <laughs> oh, I need to try to make that prettier.
0: You can do it.
1: It's just sitting down and doing it. Uh, let's see. And well, like I mentioned before, you could uh, reach us at VGL at gmail.com with your letters voicemails, uh, gaming related topics or uh, random suggestions of, well, what Jared can uh, steal next. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll see. We'll
1: see. Or just tweet us over at VGL podcast on Twitter. Our uh, RSS feed can be found at videogamelogicpodcast.blogspot.com. At least for the time being, we will be transitioning to a Podbean uh, RSS feed soon, which uh, will mean that we'll be abandoning the site and have to rebuild things. And if you wish to help uh, pay for that, which uh, right now the donations are going to the Internet Archive as a thank you for supporting us for this past year. Yep uh you could support us or uh, indirectly in our archive but we will be taking this money back uh after the new year's uh patreon.com slash vgl podcast and i also forgot to mention that we do have the community uh on steam uh, steam com slash group slash vgl podcast and we do have a curator which is hugely out of date and needs uh about probably uh, two or three hours of uh, sorting to get uh, back up to date, <laughs> uh, which uh, will eventually be the master list. Once again, of all our game recommendations and just general chatting of games. We are so b- far behind on that.
0: Yeah. We'll get there one day. One day.
1: Oh, and I think that brings us down to our intro and outro music is
0: on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work in dot computate.com. And as always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, buh bye now. You naughty, naughty boy. Uh,
1: buh
2: bye. <laughs> <laughs>